I really wish I had captured that, but I it'll, didn't. And, it'll um, never happen again because I don't say that much worth anything. You don't say anything worse than that ever either. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Keith, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do for a living <laughs> so that we don't bastardize it. And do it in a way that would make Jay-Z proud. Because I tell people you're the president of medical schools. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. Um, I'm an emergency physician. Um, I work at a couple different hospitals. Um, my background is... But in- you're like a carny um, emergency <laughs> physician, right? Like it's you the- travel around to different... Like you, you're, you're, on your, you're passing through on your way home from Wyoming. Correct. You're the Irish and- <laughs> traveler of the medical profession. <laughs> I've, I've been dying to say that forever somehow. <laughs> anyway. That's an interesting description. Um, yeah, I mean, so you can have an established shop that you work at, mm-hmm. um, no matter what your profession, or you can also do what's called locums work, um, in medicine, which is basically your uh, hired gun. Um, and so I work at a um, couple hospitals in Wyoming and then back in Charleston, South Carolina. Fucking hell. Carney right. Keith. Good. I love it. <laughs> I, I didn't, I mean, I do need to have my driveway redone, but I, that's more of a traveler <laughs> like, thing than he's a, like the Wyatt Earp of the, the medical profession. There we go. I think he enjoys yes. that part too. <laughs> I know. Right. He did just call himself a hired gun. Especially how in, ironic would it be if you died of tuberculosis? It would be, uh, yeah, that would have a certain, so certain finality. <laughs> to it. I, have, I mean, <laughs> I have, I, I think we should, you know, start this appropriately. You've listened to our podcast. Indeed. How stupid are we? Like how, like in it, honesty, because we like, we, don't, we can take honesty. Yeah. Yeah. And are we completely and retarded? You'll be, and you'll be welcome back regardless. I mean, I think fairly, um, fairly stupid. Yeah. Okay. Um, outstanding. I think the interesting thing is there's a lot of depth to it both in intellectual content, Mm -hmm. but also in the humor between people. And you miss a lot of those things when you listen to it, if that makes any sense. So you can listen to it and get little nuggets of truth and humor, but other things just go right by you. Um, And I know I pick up things from conversations that are entirely separate from the podcast. That we've had when you've been here for... Correct. Yeah. Or that I know from other things. And I'm like, wow, that's a little something that slipped in there. So, and I'm sure a million things go by my face and I miss them entirely because I don't recognize them or not making the analogy. This goes back to how this started before we hit record. (laughs) (laughs) The the metaphor. I really like them to go by my face, actually, (laughs) and not land on it. Correct. So, in in the style, in the spirit of what Keith is saying, and listeners, you know, things going by their head, we were talking about gangbangs before the podcast started. You know, wait, what? As <laughs> I had, I that's no, I was talking about microphone placement. Yeah, Michael said gangbang. No, I said no. Uh, I <laughs> you definitely used the word. I did, but let me explain the context because that's really important. We were maneuvering it into a position, the microphone in front of Keith's face, and I said I like the the feeling of like a gangbang, like enough room for another one to enter. Like I don't like it to, to be direct, you know. Like I'm not focusing on one microphone. I'm not being selfish. Yeah, I'm, I can please more microphones. Is what I was saying. 
Does that well, now make you better? If, if, if we could only afford more microphones. <laughs> and if you needed any evidence for what I just said, yeah. there you go. <laughs> well, I was channeling my, my Riley Reed spirit. boy. There she, you go. Whoa. <laughs> she's awesome. Not in her profession, although she's awesome at that too. In her, in her ability to be a real person in in a world where nobody takes her seriously, she's actually a highly intelligent person. Respect, Riley Reed. What's her real name? Ashley something. I don't know. We should try to get her on the podcast. That'd be oh, interesting. I, I'll DM her later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that won't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> the beard is now quaffed. Yeah. So you never know. Right on. That's true. He's looking like tan and good. Like, I, I, I tan never. And, tan and what? Tan and good? <laughs> okay. I was going to say jacked, but that just yeah. that, that didn't seem. I'm an endurance athlete now. We're not jacked. No, but it, and, it, and I wasn't like walking back a potentially wrong statement or preventing myself from saying it. I just didn't want to use a phrase that is overused. Oh, that's fair. Mm. I appreciate that. And, um, what I was gonna say, in place of jacked, was svelte. But, oh, thank you. But as as somebody noted yesterday, that could just be the tan. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Somebody somebody texted me something. Uh, they messaged me uh, that some asshole put, "If you're tan during the pandemic." then you should just kill yourself because it means you've been out of quarantine. And I was like, you should send that motherfucker the vitamin D serum <laughs> studies that have been shown. You know, I didn't like that. Yeah, and selenium and being outdoor. Let's see, what did... I think the governor of New York is super into like letting people go outside as of today after seeing some <laughs> statistics so about... You've obviously messed with this being an emergency medicine. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's four cases in Wyoming. So uh, don't make any assumptions. He caused or, all four of them. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a couple of smaller outbreaks in a couple counties, but okay. Sheridan, where I came from, is luckily very low prevalence. Okay. So um, if you've listened to what we say, what are we completely wrong about? And what things do you think we're on track about? Like it, concerning the things that you know more than us about. It's, uh, um, I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I've listened to all your COVID stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, I think right now the settings I'm in are pretty low prevalence. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a lot of response, like we were just talking about, to the disease mm -hmm. as opposed to seeing the disease. And I think that's true for a lot of places in America right now. There are certainly places, New York, Detroit, and I have friends and colleagues that work in those places. Yeah that are seeing lots of patients and they're experiencing one sort of reality in the emergency department and yeah. clinically. And then there's a lot of places that just are not seeing that much, but are still experiencing a lot of impact from the disease. Um, I mean, it's obviously affecting everybody. Are there places like in Sheridan, uh, population hundred thousand ish or uh, less? 17,000. Seven. Whoa. Well, that <laughs> I meant Wyoming is an entire state, actually. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but um, so seeing effects of and being you know prepared or responding to without actually seeing the thing are n um, elective surgeries sort of shut down. Is there sort of the the same restriction on on, on traffic through the medical system? Uh, 
based on these statewide directives. Yep, absolutely. So that kind of stuff went through six weeks ago. And whether you were in a high prevalence setting or a low prevalence setting, everybody did all the things. The things, right. Um, and now people in much like the rest of America are like, so when do we go back and how do we sort of return? Yeah. And it's different because I'm not sure that we've seen that there yet, as opposed to New York, where you've had mm. relatively high penetration because of large populations in close proximity. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, yeah. So uh, tell me if this is accurate or not accurate. <clears throat> um, in Utah, I think today there's been 5,000 some odd cases confirmed, COVID cases. There's uh, 50 deaths according to those 5,000 cases. So that's less than 1% mortality rate. Though That mortality rate is attached heavily to the comorbidities of metabolic derangement, obesity, some, you know, CPD, stuff like that. Is it asinine for me to think that um, if I take care of myself and I have a very healthy immune system that I should be less worried no, I think that's a reasonable thing. Okay. Um, uh, as of today, sorry, May 7th, oh. when we're recording this, uh, 5724 total cases, i.e. total identified cases. That's 129 up from yesterday. Um, hospitalizations, 476. Total deaths, 61. Oh, so it jumped. But, right. but, the, but the super interesting thing that I find here is like we went into a more uh, relaxed posture, let's say, and mm -hmm. some places are starting to reopen. Yeah. But the uh, but the number of cases, new cases per day, has remained relatively, you know, statistically even. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and as people start to move around, you're going to see more cases. Yes. Um, and and, and we, so what I'm saying is like, so we we relaxed that posture in a couple, a couple of days ago, whatever. So we're whatever um, new cases will turn up are going to be five, 10 days away from that sort of reopening and the pendulum swinging back to. Correct. Work. And it's going to be, I think from, there's a medical side to that. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do and how are we going to triage patients and evaluate patients as we continue to see cases going forward for the next two weeks, months, six months, year. Mm -hmm. There's also the social aspect. And obviously you've been talking about the, the judgment and the various views on people going outside or doing things. Mm -hmm we're going to keep seeing more cases. And I think we're going to see more polarity in people's views hmm. and more politicization, maybe not Democrat, Republican politics, but views on your response and that lens that you see this thing through. Do you think it's strange that it is so partisan? Like it doesn't make much sense to me how it was breaking down or, or is that because we're in an election year, anybody will use anything to politicize? I think the latter is definitely true. I think we have become very fractious as a country over the past eight to 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and that's certainly deepened over the past three. And I think this is just another lens. I think that's the most fascinating thing about this. Mm -hmm. um, I trained in a combined MD PhD program and studied virology for five years. And I never thought I would get to live through something like this, having a lens on every facet of culture mm -hmm. and experience through exposure to a virus. It is, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, I mean, I don't want to say I enjoy it because it's definitely not enjoyable, but I feel lucky to get to experience it. As in, you know, you're seeing something that's kind of wild at the peak of mankind's technological know-how, you're seeing something very basic, take it down. And it just shows kind of how 
weak we are or how we focus, we incentivize the wrong things and it's showing like that. Those are the cracks. And I I try to find the numbers on this because my original hypothesis was that this wouldn't do anything to indigenous people. They would be unaffected because they they pro their immune systems are processing coronaviruses, retroviruses at a rate that normal people can't handle. And that's their that's their basically their homeostasis is constant viral load. I don't know because this is novel, will they have any immune function for that? Um, but I I couldn't find any like real data of how this has affected indigenous tribes. Do you know anything? I haven't seen anything. I think the fascinating thing is that, and we clearly don't understand, Charleston's a city of half a million people, essentially the same population as Wyoming. And we, there, but there are people there and they're in close proximity and now they're going out to parties and congregating. Mm -hmm. And we're still not seeing what Detroit or New Orleans yeah. or other cities have. And we have the same risk factors and nobody really knows why we aren't seeing it the same way mm -hmm. that those cities are. Um, same risk factors in terms of sort of um, population the, health. G population health, general, general sort Correct. of. Uh, Interesting. I've been to all three of those cities, and I would say the biggest takeaway for me would be that in Charleston, people are, seem a lot he uh, healthier. Uh, I wouldn't say so. I mean, we have plenty of diabetes, hypertension, obesity. Um, but is there, but if you, I mean, let's just say Charleston versus Detroit because it's Detroit versus the world. But um, I, I would have thought that like maybe the the psychological health would have something to do with it if people are slightly more hopeful in Charleston or counting on a more positive future, whereas, you know, for a long period of time, Detroit was and you know, oh, surroundings, <laughs> you know, uh, Pontiac, Flint, uh, et cetera. Um, I would have thought that might have, left people with a little bit bleaker outlook which you know notably can have an effect a negative effect on immune response yeah and certainly poverty as well i mean we're yeah. seeing it devastating different populations uh, even in the united states um, but again that goes along with diabetes and hypertension being more prevalent yeah. in populations okay. as well too okay so we would yep. see poverty manifested in the in the general health of the population absolutely okay yeah i guess when i was calling charleston healthy i just meant relative to new orleans new york city yeah. detroit at yeah. least from like my brief experience in any of those cities, just people watching and seeing various activities. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. Is uh, it? I mean, we don't have mass transit in some of those places, uh, which I think is a, oh, interesting. a, a, big, a big thing. Part of New York. Um, yeah. Is that some? Is that a dog snoring? I believe. No. That's a, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it's, it was like a weed whacker outside. It's because like, her, her neck is laying on a metal bar and she's just dealing with it. <laughs> It's kind of how it feels right now. <laughs> I was just going to say, wow, sounds a lot like life. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. I had a question for you, and then it disappeared because I, I was distracted by the, the snoring, which is probably how Aaron feels at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, no, there was something that showed, like they, they found this uh, virus in France on the 24th or 27th of December. So <clears throat> people were traveling, theoretically, from Wuhan around the world, spreading this thing around for at least a month before we knew about it, correct? Yep. It had already gotten out. The chances are that it has been here. I, I'm, I'm betting, and we don't have an antibody test for Aaron, but I'm betting that she had it at the uh, end of January based off all the symptoms. 
Um, now is it is it is it more deadly now? It, let's imagine a wave of it went out, and it, is it a mutation? Is that what we're dealing with? Yes, yeah, so the virus can mutate, and actually, I think there's some data that the there's a more severe form out there yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and I've seen stuff on that. I've not read peer reviewed stuff on that yet, but I've seen anecdotal suggestions of that. I I think I mean one of the things that kind of fascinates me is how little actual information there is about it. Like obviously there's like symptoms and signs, but there's really, I mean, especially for being under lockdown for two months, you think there would be more information other than hide in your house and wear a mask. Like, am I wrong by thinking that the mask thing, I, I abide by it. I'm saying that for like, I think it's a, it's a virtue signal to other people that we're taking this seriously. I'm not wearing a mask because I think it's keeping me from anything or that it's saving me or, you know, maybe it helps stop the spread of some germs, which I think it can have a detrimental effect later because germ spreading is how we keep our immune system up. But is that like, why are those the two things that we're told to do? And they're kind of like, there's nothing else. I mean, there's not another treatment, right? There's no vaccine. There's no antiviral drug for but it. But that's also not a treatment. No, it's not. It just, it decreases the rate of transmission in a population. Sure. So does it, Take it from 100 to zero? No. But if you say, if you wear a mask and you've got 10 contacts in a day and you have a mask on, you're less likely to transmit it to all of them. But you still may transmit it. Touch your face in between contact six and seven, and then you've got transmission back and forth. But then you don't on to person nine and 10. So when you look at the epidemiological studies, Mm -hmm. that's how they know that these sort of population level interventions Mm -hmm. decrease the rate of transmission. And that's the data behind that. Does that mean that person X doesn't get it? Absolutely not. Why why then at first was it simply because they didn't want people hoarding masks that they told everybody that a mask doesn't do anything for the first like two months of this thing? And then suddenly, snap your fingers, if you don't wear a mask, you're violating every ethical code known to man. Yeah, I don't have an answer for that. And if you look at cultures that wear masks... Yeah, Asian. Yep, absolutely. And you look at cities that did that and do that as a population, places like Singapore and Hong Kong, they did really well initially early on. And they're seeing actually a resurgence now, but they did really well early on from transmission compared to other places. Okay. There was a... It might have been on the BBC website today, but there was like an exploration of like why so many Americans resist wearing masks. And and it's it's kind of funny. It never occurred to me that there was like a that there could be a, a, a you know, sort of a that's an infringement of my you can't tell me what to do, mm-hmm. you know, response. Sorry, I used the Bubba or Cletus accent there just came <laughs> oh, out. I was going to say, you're for sure <laughs> describing me right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but it. So there's there's a little bit of resi- you know don't tread on me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's some you know vanity stuff. There's some uh, like a, you know some ideas that hey if I wear a mask I'm admitting that you know I'm showing weakness. <laughs> you know that I'm not as tough as I yeah. you know as my fupa makes me look <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, it, it 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 boggles my mind a little bit that. I, well, I didn't wear one in the beginning, so I didn't have one. But I also didn't 
think that the risk was that great. But now I've got, you know, I've got some custom made masks and, you know, we're about to have a nonprofit branded mask that's actually reversible, um, which is, you know, ruins the whole objective of the mask. But, you know, I kind of think logo on one side and then like. Um, well, we're going to have a mask, but it's going to have a hole in it so people can, can hear smoke. us say, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say, is that reversible so you can choose which side the virus is exposed to? <laughs> exactly. I'm just, yeah, I'm going into a setting with um, a lot of people whose political opinions I have no respect for. I'm going to turn, you know, I've been wearing this mask in like for 10 hours. I'm going to reverse gonna... it to get to the permeable uh, setting. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I was more thinking like one side has the logo. The other side says, you know, security theater or something like that on it. So it's interesting. The first patient I saw for this um, that I evaluated was a family with children who'd come back from China um, back in early February. And one of the kids had a fever and we were working them up. And dad was just phenomenal. It had taken them two days to get back and they'd been screened abroad and they were getting screened again. And I talked to dad and he was the nicest guy. And I said, he had like a six-hour visit where we're trying to figure out what testing and is it going to the CDC? Is it going to our State Department? Is it going to wherever? And I, I finally, he was just so tolerant. And I said, listen, this is like TSA for healthcare right now. Um, and to some extent, we're still in that. And I think to get back to the point you just said, we have a massive distrust. And no matter what your political leanings are, you distrust medicine. You distrust politics. And which is amazing to me because in a sense, I'm just like, and Michael posted something about on the trust topic, and um, th- th- today it was like, how, wait, how did we get there, where we distrust what the medical establishment is saying, we distrust what the politicians are saying, we distrust, you know, on whatever level, municipal, county, state, federal, etc. Oh, and I realized like. Man, the um, I guess the guy that we've really not seen lately in the bre- daily press briefings and that kind of th- thing is no, we've seen plenty of him. Oh, but the guy who actually runs the CDC, oh, Redding, Redding, uh, yeah. Red, Redding yeah, yeah, like he's been mysterious, and that's like normally would be the guy who'd be the face of it, who'd say, yeah, this is here's the, you know, here are the accumulate. This is the accumulated data from all over the world, everybody's had this sort of experiences and these are our best guesses. Here's uh, maybe, because I think trust was elusive before um, because as communities grow, like it's just a function of community growth. Once you outgrow a circle that you can depend on and know, there's always gonna be some kind of distrust. And especially now that bureaucracy is largely in charge of the feeling of trust, we don't, it's impersonal, so we don't trust that as a feature. The other part of that is like trusting experts is also another problem um, because of disinformation and cognitive biases and all these other things. Like people think that they're informed because they read a headline. They don't even read the subtext. And the headline will be, you know, <laughs> contradicted in the second paragraph because they're just trying to get people to click. So one of my things about trust today was like, we have turned every mode of information into a mode of entertainment. And then we mistrust it because... Every mode of information transmission. Yeah, like yeah. everything is just entertainment. Our political system is a form of entertainment. It's not about information. It's about a personality. To, and, the, and now we're doing it with doctors and experts in virology and all these things that we need information from. But we don't know how to digest it because it doesn't come in a Kardashian wrapped show. 
that like that, that and people are <laughs> fucking panicking because they're like hold on cut or like wrap this up like the storyline doesn't make sense to us because we're used to a storyline not reality which is confusing and it doesn't have a plot where in you know the third act it, everything comes together like it's not fucking hamlet no i i agree and i, I think the mistrust is is well placed and well founded but at some I think point so too you have to balance that with rational thought information and package that and make decisions and there's a balance we're not there. taught to do that and oh, you also exactly. have to admit that um maybe you're not capable of coming up with it on your own yeah so you ought to look outside at other sources inf of information but as soon, but if you're not willing to admit that you can't figure it out on your own then there's no way you'll ask the questions or be open to any other input yeah I, this is so i'll i'll risk insulting you because i know you can take it but i i don't respect doctors because they have letters behind their name because I equate doctors to people and just as many people I distrust are just as many doctors that I distrust that just because you've gone to school and you've become an expert and you've been deemed educated about something does not mean you are a good or bad person. You still have to make that distinction. There's been plenty. I mean, have you ever listened to Dr. Death, the fucking podcast? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's fascinating. But you're like, OK, here's a guy <laughs> who who knows what he was trying to do, but he obviously was hurting people. Oh yeah. And he was highly educated. And it seems like man, without being able to prove it, he's probably a serial killer or a serial hurter. Cause he didn't, you know, he murdered some people, but there's, there's that idea. And I know that's sensationalized, but then I take the theme of medicine and how, how like you might go to school and become a doctor and find your field and make money doing that field. There's some bad incentives thrown in there. And so obviously in order to make it in any business, there's going to be some integrity checks and balances. And although um, that that's relevant for any industry, I think we ignore it when somebody has a doctor in front of their name because a fucking chiropractor is a doctor. And the only reason they're a doctor is because they lobbied to be able to hold the name since the 40s because the Palmer fucking magnetic healer had enough money to get lobbying to keep the doctor title. So therefore, I mean, and it's not that, I mean, chiropractors are not bad people. There's really good ones that want to do good work. The, the profession of being a chiropractor is full of fucking I, charlatans i i mean that's putting it lightly no i mean i i have i have one of my best friends is a chiropractor and he's phenomenal yeah um but you know i saw one today physicians yeah. are humans we're like well, like in the wild on the street or? no i went because you went? <laughs> i you know i wore my mask and he cleans everything and you wait in your car and then you text him when you're here and they text you when you have a room and you walk right into the room everything's sanitized he asks how you're doing he adjusts what you need to adjust and then you leave I find it interesting that even like going through the whole doctor thing with the title mm -hmm. that you had to qualify to Keith that you might insult him. But if Keith was like, hey, I think some coaches or trainers are fucking assholes. <laughs> we'd be like, you're absolutely fucking right. And it's the same. It's just yeah. the profession. It's it, the it same is. thing. Well, th so that's the first part of it. The second part well, is not this. if you got to CSCS after your, <laughs> there is you know, a... I'm Coach Keegan and then I got the right. I think I think cocksucker the... cocksucker thing <laughs> just, after. Maybe I don't understand. Should I add I level don't... one CrossFit train to the back of my title? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Cause then we can for sure make fun of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, th th so 
here the second part of that is like okay that's that's the person part of it the industry part of it is that how i see it is that uh our healthcare system is not in fact healthcare it, it really is sick care like what you're what you do for a living is stopping people from dying once they get sick wait i thought it was profit care <laughs> oh, 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 there's not. There's not. There we go. Okay. Yeah, the sicker um, people are, the so more. So let's go you... with the first part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's Good do part. with the first part first. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd like to think that people that go to medical school, and if you ask anybody applying to medical school for sure, they'll tell you they go there and help people. And everybody yeah. writes their little essay. I want to cure the world. <laughs> Even the people that want to do plastic surgery are like, yeah. no, like you know, they want to like you know, help world peace, help no, burn no. victims. <laughs> No, no, no. What they're saying is, I want to make the world more beautiful. Yeah. I think they, it, I think we all, when we start in that place, genuinely believe that. Um, sure, there are outliers and there are exceptions. Um, but the process you go through, you're human. Yeah. Um, and I think there are some higher goals in the profession. I think overall, most of the physicians I know are good people in it for the right reasons. They're absolutely outliers and there are egregious outliers. Hmm. Um, for sure. How, and, and I would think that some of the more idealistic med students that go, go, go on to be doctors in you know, various professions are also just as susceptible to being crushed by the system, um, the, you know, the local system of you know, medical business, whatever, um, as other people are um, by the various systems that they get involved with or the, the infrastructure of the that is that the. the um, of the prof- whatever profession that they end up choosing, be it education or law enforcement or, you know, whatever. It's like, man, I had these ideals. I thought it was going to, you know, that I could be of service, that I could actually help. And then they muzzled me, told me what to do, you know, directed my behavior because of the, the either the momentum, um, you know, intentional or, you know, momentum or inertia, intentional or not of that infrastructure. Sure. I mean, average med student debt is $200,000. You come out there, you work, resident work hours are capped now at 80 hours a week. So you spend three to six years working 80 hours a week, making 40 grand. You come out with over $200,000 in debt. And your view on the world after going through that, when patient after patient shows up to you looking for the quick fix, is different than when you went in. So what you're saying is it's really hard to like get psyched to take care of someone who refuses to take care of themselves. It's a challenge for sure. And that's, that is the bad incentive altogether. I mean, that's one of my problems with like socialized medicine is like, what's the incentive for people to actually take care of themselves? And that, that goes with anything that has to do with somebody providing a service that you don't have to pay for. I was like, I inherently think that, yeah, there, there's some stopgap measures where we should, help people who are unfortunate like obviously like that that's humanity but there's also this like people will never get it unless you take the training wheels off and you go hey figure it out and this is probably the part that bothers me the most about this entire like recent events people have been ringing the bell we talk about it all the time about how much obesity costs the nation the world even like trillions of dollars. I mean, that is functionally the the biggest healthcare problem in the world is obesity, which is really strange because people are still starving to death. But despite the irony, I, I think people have been ringing the bell. And now you're seeing like, actually, 
you know, when we were telling people to lose weight and you were arguing that like big is beautiful and that we should really respect people's right to live. Um, now it's a matter of living. Now it's a matter of like, do you want to be able to leave your house? Then maybe you should take care of yourself. I think what drives me the craziest is, is that there is no mechanism. No CDC isn't saying it. The who isn't saying it. Hey guys, lose some fucking weight. Like stop eating and exercise a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, you can find certainly organizations and groups that say that, but there's the medical side of that, obviously, and then there's the cultural side. Um, and so we as you know, the United States are fat, slow, and obese. Mm-hmm. Um, that was two of the same. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, one begets the no, other. It's worth emphasizing twice. Sure. <laughs> um, and then there's the medical side that has, as you note, massive disincentives, and mm-hmm. most of which is a for-profit industry. Um, not all of it, right. and most physicians, I would dissent a little bit, um, are not in it for profit, but there certainly are definitely a large share of them that are in it for profit and maximize that as well. But I don't think it's the individual physicians necessarily. I think it's the hospital organizations themselves, yeah. let's say, like, we're, hey, we're in the business to, and, and I, so I would, you know, just like anything, I always put it, you know, on the um amorphous sort of administration as opposed to the individual because it's you know you sit down with the individual and you can generally suss out their motivations and that kind of thing but it's easier to target some general thing that you know it's just the death star kind of deal but um i i like to think you know as a closet optimist out now but whatever um <laughs> now, now you're just an optimist i guess i'm, I'm just, out i just haven't reconciled the the relationship with my parents I, no I, I was just about to say i haven't told my parents yet and and uh um or any of my teachers uh, there's a couple of them i'm gonna have to who really, is this really person? This is not the same person I wrote, read essays from back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, you know, I'm much more um, experienced now. Uh, but it's really tough to sit down. Yeah, I've sat down and talked to some, in, you know, some fairly reprehensible individuals, but that has not been the norm. You know, it's not. And, and so on. So it's easy for me to defend individuals, but then also to recognize how their behavior is shaped you know, by that administration, that infrastructure, that organization. And, um, and that's where I, I feel like the, the, the more profit-seeking part of it is. And that, unfortunately, the physicians are often tools to make that happen. They're like, okay, these are the necessary, I'm not going to say pawn, I'm going to say knight or bishop, um, who is, you know, required in order to, you know, feed the, the uh, apparently unsatiable appetites of the king. Uh, I would absolutely agree. And I think you see that culturally. It's a sort of weird word used to describe a hospital or an organization. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, to come back to COVID, you're seeing rural hospitals closing. You're going to see a ton of small rural hospitals get crushed and closed because these communities are going to be without health care because of this, because there's just no margin. This is going to push them over the edge, and they're not going to be able to meet a budget, and they're going to go bankrupt. And they've been going that way for years. Um, we've been losing rural hospitals, and you're seeing stimulus package go through to these larger mega groups, yep. um, and the, they're that don't need it, and they're Whereas getting the small- money, and they're getting money, and they're still going to be profiting. And those same groups are cutting physician salaries right now yep. to get by during this. Um, I, I, so there was an article. Um, 
a uh, Fox News article today. Oh, it's obviously fake. I, so, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, oh, no, I gotta go to the. Oh, so this how but, can this not? But, but, but hang, hang, oh, hang yeah. on here, it, it, because it, it does relate to what we were just talking about. Since that officials in a uh, a Long Island, New York town wants some of it, it's some two hundred thousand residents to shed some pounds in an effort to shade, uh, stave off the novel coronavirus and reverse, reverse any quarantine-related weight gain or the so-called quarantine 15. Um, but it doesn't really go on to say that, you know, maybe you're more susceptible if you're obese. It's just like, hey, don't gain weight. I mean, it's a... Um, first time I've seen any... yeah quote leadership unquote mentioned something about, ab- weight, loss. about weight loss in re- in relation to the you know in the context of the you know where we are right i now. mean people are still getting mad at adele for losing weight they're like you made fat people feel bad and you're like yeah but she's not gonna die from covid19 arguably and like, she also doesn't exist to make you feel better about yourself <laughs> i we have i don't know Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, uh, when I listen to that song, hello, hello, <laughs> I don't feel good about myself. I love that song. Do you? No. Have you heard about the the guy who wrote the article after he listened to it nonstop for five days? That song on repeat for five days nonstop, and he said after three he was legitimately suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense it's just like oh yeah I mean, that's really weird i mean that's that's how powerful music is <laughs> it can change your state yeah um I, how do you not see this i mean because I, I look at the when i was in uh the uk and we were working there one of the things that struck me is very strange even at the time because i mentioned it aaron's like it's a good thing we're getting the fuck out of london after a couple months because little things um how many people are everywhere how hard it is to travel without being around people and i wasn't thinking pandemic at the time i was thinking like you know a war or something like that and you would go into a store at night and if Pretty you don't get easy there by to get knifed in the tube yeah and if you don't if whatever. you don't get if you don't get food by 6 p.m. the grocery stores are out of food like it's just a constant influx and it's very like you know whatever and i remember thinking like man it would just take one straw pulled out to watch this whole thing really go away. And that's when Brexit was happening and we were there during that whole, and I just felt so uncomfortable and how I feel about that system, what I call like basically a, an economy set up on stilts where in order to get some work done, you have to file for, you know, to a regulatory body to okay, getting somebody to okay, for somebody else to tape off the street that then, okay, somebody else getting work. So that way, you know, we created jobs in, in that expense meant that only a couple people could ever afford to change anything about the, an aspect of their life. That was like the stilted economy that I saw at the time, although obviously is still working. I think it's bound to fall. The same thing I see about the medical complex. There's, you know, like this, triangulated pharmaceutical insurance HMO kind of deal with the actual hospital organizations where they've built each other up where a large, like a small percentage can make a large income, like an insane amount of money. And then there's everybody else. And if you look at the cost in healthcare, 
it's the administrative costs and the cost just to do business mm -hmm. are massive. And that's a huge difference between our system yeah. and other systems um, is our regulatory and our dealing with insurance companies and pharma companies and sourcing products and all the regulatory issues that are required. We have massive staffs to deal with those. So when is the right time to rebuild it in a, in a way that's sustainable? Because like obviously if, 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 if hospitals can't even do the thing that hospitals are around to do, i.e. treat people, then then it's a bad system. Like the foundation is flawed. And at what point do we recognize that the foundation, not, 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 we don't, we don't have to reconcile that people were wrong and we did anything wrong because fuck knows nobody can admit to any wrongdoing these days. Um, when did that, has that always been like that or when did it happen? It, I think it's always been a rare thing. I think it's always been a rare thing to do that. But I think the answer to your question is now. If you'd have asked me in December, mm -hmm. I would have told you we could have a better healthcare system, but there's no chance we would be able to tear it down to the studs because of the influence and the systems, specifically with insurance companies and pharma. Mm -hmm. And they've never come to the table with any real healthcare reform in, in my recent memory. You might have a chance through the lens yeah. of what's going on now. I'll do because, one better because than it'll that. get torn down essentially by the behavior of those systems. Correct. I'm saying, look, we're going to bankrupt everybody, and then they're just like, well, I guess we got to start again because it's truly not become sustainable. Because yeah. even their margins and their operations are at risk. Well, they're leveraged. Correct. Right? Like the that's how. I mean, that's what how we've been taught to do business. We haven't been taught to save and then come from an economy, from a saving economy where we're like, hey, we did so well, we put away 15% and then we invest 15% and that, that extra profit goes into manageable growth and all the you know risks that we take are managed and cut off like a trim tree. And then, oh shit, shit got really bad. Good thing we've been saving 15% for the last 30 years. Who cares about a pandemic? This is what we teach our culture is to save and not risk. Instead, we actually, we, we make it profitable to risk, i.e. banks can leverage insane amounts of risk and socialize the, the damage. Absolutely. Most these hospitals, we're talking about hospitals that have a week or two of cash on hand to make bills. Are you fucking? <laughs> I mean, a week or two. That's Jeez. why when you look at the layoffs going on right now, um, and furloughed employees, which is, I think, 270 hospitals yeah. and systems so far of furloughed employees. My hospital furloughed 900 people in Charleston, South Carolina. That's because payroll is the biggest yeah. expense and cash on hand. I mean, and that's for every other business. Yeah, it's cash flow. Food and beverage, yeah. everything else, everybody. that The depth wasn't there. Most Americans couldn't go two weeks. They don't no. have a, or what, what's the statistic, but yeah. something like two weeks or can't go a month without a. But the, 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 but the, yeah, right. The, but uh -huh. the support is yeah. not, yeah, yeah. not exactly. forthcoming. You didn't get your I'm, Donnie dollars? <laughs> exactly. I didn't get mine yet. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm buy a fucking Camaro. <laughs> you, that's, I, that's very private of you. <laughs> I'm. You're so selfish. Seriously, a Camaro? Like a yellow one? Yeah, I'm going to make up for all the fucking emissions that we're not wasting right now. I'm just going to do a burnout in the parking <laughs> you lot. you got to drive fast to feel good about yourself. I will say the air did look really clear coming in today. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It's I, unbelievable. I, but Joe Holmes and I came up with a plan for that today. Huh. 
Fahrenheit 451. We're going to start burning books oh, because nice. apparently nobody wants to ever know anything or learn anything. So what and, and, and you know, they can only be entertained by Netflix or some other sort of <laughs> direct injection of bullshit. And so we should just burn all the books. Now's the time. I mean, yeah. it would have fucked the environment up before, but now it's so clean. Now we can fuck it now, up a different way. Now we can, you know, now it's, we got a buffer. We can, you know, before <laughs> it really starts to have a negative impact on people's health, which clearly we don't give a fuck about. Um, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> that is the other thing that drives me crazy is the notion of like the, this directed, we have to save people's lives. When in reality, for the first time ever, it's no been one, said. No one gave a fuck. Like, no one gave a shit how many people die from obesity or diabetes or or, or, or mental health issues, regular fucking cold, or completely like controllable issues. No one says a fucking thing. Alcohol, motor vehicles, right, etc. Uh, cigarettes uh, are still fucking legal. I would disagree that nobody says it. okay. it's well, not the overwhelming well, relative to what we're doing now. Uh, absolutely. It's I would I would agree with that statement. But there's certainly there's a large number of people that have been saying for years and years the system is flawed, the system is broken, and there's a lot of really bad behaviors going on. Up sure. There. I, and I admit that there Hey, I just want to pause for just one second. Yeah. Keegan used the term disproportionate fucking big words coming out of the big man all right it's been, it's been a, i mean he's getting it from you because i say things incorrectly so oh, i don't man. know how he's i've gotten to the point where i start I, correcting his words now yeah. so there's a, so there's there's Not something i i got called out oh, yeah. the other day yeah by someone said i feel like you're trolling me but by not correcting michael when he consistently uses this particular term I'm like, dude, I corrected him once. I corrected him twice. Can't remember the episodes. And I just let him get away with it because I just, you know, my head hurts. What, what's the term? Underlining as opposed to underlying. Yeah, I know. Remember when I said it, though, and I was looking at a word that was underlined. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but the word is underlined, and that's how I got it wrong. Yeah, but then you never got back to getting it right after you don't think we so? had it. No, it's been, so you're choosing not to undermine him. Uh, I, I'm just. I just said I got. Man, I'm really you say, sorry. I'm gonna say undermining. I was <laughs> saying. I thought you said undermine. Undermining. You know, that's where you go under the ground and you mine things. Uh, undermining, like Marcel Marceau <laughs> kind of style. That's what I heard. Under, undermining. But, undermining. Okay. Yeah. So I, had, I got. That I got, was the confusion. There was one M. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I got. I got called out, and, and I had to admit that, like, dude, I just, I, I got lazy. I gave up. I'm sorry. I'm not upholding the standards of a grammar Nazi, and so beware. I'm, Are you back? I, I'm listening to you. Okay. <laughs> Nobody else. I was going to so. say I'm. Wa- <laughs> I was going to say I'm watching you, but which is also true. <laughs> but anyway, and I thought I was making progress. I just know that Mark got complacent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just I just fell into that same trap that you know everybody else falls into, and you know that's how they get that quarantine fifteen. <laughs> it's those high waisted pants. <laughs> that oh, too. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Man, we have so many topics to discuss. <laughs> we won't do that one today. Okay. Oh, Is there really a discussion there? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron had one of the greatest points I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm. Well, yeah. Go okay. for it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. So she said she's getting fat because she's wearing high waisted jeans. Meaning that she's eating and she can't notice that she's gaining weight because it's covered by the jeans. And she wants to write an article about how high-waisted jeans made her fat. And I think it's fucking amazing. 
I think it's ingenious. <laughs> Just like tubes, a, tube socks made my calves small. It's like a heavyweight boxer. Like they wear their boxer yeah. briefs up so high that they yeah. only have those top two abs. And you're yeah. like, that yeah. dude's in shape. And then you see him in clothes and you're like, nope. never mind. Because <laughs> the bottom one ab is considerably yeah. larger than the top. <laughs> yeah. Could conceal carry under it? <laughs> it might not be that, but. <laughs> but close enough. Yeah. It's that. What was the uh, ripped fat dudes? Right. Yeah. God damn, that's a good video. Ripped fat dudes. Man, we've already, we're just like we we were having a nice discussion, and I I I sidetracked us, and that's okay. I I derailed. Well, the, I actually uh, um, can I can I try to bring the train back on the track? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Um, so we've been you know kind of not belittling, but you know speaking our mind on the healthcare system, doctors, blah blah blah. Why did you become a doctor, and why specifically an ER doctor? Oh, this is a good question. Um, you'll like the answer to this if one. If you say helping people get out, this is, actually, this is actually this is actually straight out of this is actually straight out of my essay. Um, and there's some amusement here. So, I actually um, my father was a researcher, um, did basic science, um, and I grew up in sort of a very sciencey basic science science fair kind of household. And I wanted to do research, wanted to go to graduate school. Which was your favorite favorite Estes rocket? Oh, I did have a set, but I don't remember the one, but we did shoot those off. Yeah, it was, that was awesome. Michael, did that go over your younger than everybody else in here's head as well? No. I had a rocket set. <laughs> See, I, I, God which damn it. I turned into bombs pretty quickly, but that is also a banned topic on here. We're not allowed to talk about explosive devices. It's destructive devices is the actual classification. Oh, according to the ATF. So anyway, wrestling this train back... Um, <laughs> Thanks, Keith. You're welcome. Um, I took some time off after college. Um, I was racing kayaks and training for Olympic trials and um, plans to go to grad school eventually. And I wound up in Southern California and needed a part-time job while I was out there. And I got a job as a personal trainer in a gym. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the Sports Connection, um, which is part of Sports Club LA, Sports Club Irvine, big system out there. And actually found out, shockingly enough to me, that I actually enjoyed working with people um, oh, and establishing. God. Whoa, whoa, that's almost a, that's almost like helping. It was <laughs> right, no, but like, <sighs> like literally, I remember. You guys are gonna really go nuts now. I had some little clients at the gym, and we'd set some goals, and I'd see them every week, and it was actually really entertaining. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And it's also remarkably satisfying when they, like achieve the objective they set for yeah, themselves isn't it? it was some, oh, i experienced it, it today so we're not <laughs> tom and ken are not coming in here right now right so we just we didn't really even say anything we're just like man not right now for whatever reason because they're still working at a store we don't want to risk anything coming into this space because we still need to work so they just kind of stay on their own they ended up like i let them borrow a kettlebell and some other stuff i'm running today on one of our workouts that we're doing and I'm running back and Ken is running and he just waves at me and run past me because he works a picture line two blocks up and he's taking care of himself. I didn't have to tell him to do anything. I don't need Like he just knows he needs to exercise. So he, he runs on his lunch break on the same route that we run on. Yeah. Fucking it's awesome. I felt like really a little like awesome. fucking proud. And so then I heard about this MD PhD combined program, um, which was really interesting. And they also, by the way, paid your way through school. Um, and so I signed up, got in, and went to medical school. Emergen Where, emergency. Sorry, where'd you go? Uh, medical University of South Carolina. Okay. 
Um, and then emergency medicine had an appeal. Um, and a buddy of mine got me really interested. He was in medical school while I was applying, and he was a kayaker, whitewater kayaker, a little different than the kayaking I was doing. But he wanted to do emergency medicine, and we hung out together a lot. And he was going through his application process to get into residency. Um, and we hung out a lot and spent a lot of time. And I was like, this sounds really cool. And so when I got into medical school, first two years of medical school, classic education are absolutely horrible. Just large volume of consumption of just mm-hmm. stupid material lectures. It's a little better now um, as education has changed, but it's still pretty dumb. And so I went looking for a clinical experience and wound up in an ER because of some of that exposure. And I was like, this is really, really fun. Hmm. And it's been home ever since. And the irony is when I was starting to wrap up and graduate, my one of my mentors, program director, literally said, so what are you going to do? You've studied virology for five years and you've done all this gene expression stuff and you know, you're going to go in internal medicine and go in infectious disease, right? And I was like, no, I want to do emergency medicine. And he looked at me straight in the eye, I'll never forget, and said, there's absolutely no place for a virologist to do emergency medicine. Now look at you. And I, here I am. <laughs> it took me 20 years to be relevant. <laughs> as long as you're like a broken clock, right twice, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. Right on, man. I can only... Um, I, I know that look in that guy's eye yeah. when you said what you were going to do. Yep. I, Disappointment. Yep. No, absolutely. He was <laughs> massively disappointed. But I went, the residency program I went to was sort of an old school, um, very academic program, which I also enjoyed, the University of Cincinnati. Um, and so he sort of approved of that because it was a, mm. had a good reputation. And he's still a mentor of mine, fantastic guy. Nice. Well, and, did, and then you've just been practicing ever since. Like, so yeah, I took a, I took, I've taken a couple different arcs. It's one of the beauties of emergency medicine is you can change and sort of mold a little bit, both your clinical work as well as your other work around that. It's pretty flexible. Um, so I worked, I've worked in adult EDs, I've worked in pediatric EDs, I've worked in academic settings. Um, I was an administrator for a while and was a division chief of two divisions. Um, the enemy. Pediatric emergency <laughs> medicine, and I was. For a year, I was the interim division chief of child abuse pediatrics. Oh, yeah, that was an interesting year. Um, that's have done that's all those when things. you started drinking, right? Oh <laughs> man, um, it's. Uh, I did a really good job of recruiting a new chair, though. So got him in and was able to ditch that. I spent a lot of years doing research, and I still do research, nice. um, both basic and clinical science research. So yeah, it's been really flexible. And then three years ago, I was getting tired of the administrative thing, and a recruiter called me up and said do you want to go work in Myrtle Beach? And I said, absolutely not. And she said, "Where is there anything else you want to do? And I said, I'd go work in a little mountain town out west. Got hooked up with a gig in Wyoming and nice. started working out there. It's not bad. That's no. pretty cool. Yeah. And I would have to say, it would, no matter what, it beats the shit out of Myrtle Beach. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, there was no consideration. Do you want to go I to Myrtle Beach? Absolutely not. But I just <laughs> imagine turquoise and like seashell decorations. There's a fascinating thing, though, right? So these recruiters call you up all the time, and they want you to go. They want to put a round peg in a round hole yeah. to get you to do shifts, right? Like I was talking about earlier, they're essentially pimps. And she's the only one that ever said when I said, absolutely, I don't want that. She goes, well, what do you want? Oh. It's a simple follow-on question. Absolutely. Which you <laughs> to, think to, makes that like square peg into a square hole or whatever fit much better. Or, or at least find a different hole, right? Yeah. That's your job. We're back no, to the Nobody beginning. ever asked that. <laughs> 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 I, yeah you said 
you're you were talking plural, Michael. Yeah, how how <laughs> the hell did you find us? Like, what was the because you kayaking was whitewater kayaking, and then you did triathlon for a while. Yeah. So um, I have never been a climber, but I've followed climbing um, for a long time um, and read climbing magazines. I think mostly in college. Sounds really. Boring. I started reading rock and ice <laughs> and climbing. It's an interesting lens and experience, and so. Read some of Mark's stuff. Yeah. Um, in the 80s and had listened to punk as a kid and a lot of that stuff and the angst and the, the sort of litmus test and experience really resonated. And so just sort of followed along and then had wanted to come out to the other gym yeah. um, for a long time and sort of had been buried in all that work. And then as my life changed and I got more time and sort of reprioritized stuff, this opened up and I was like, now we're going. Nice. And now you've been here more than anybody, I think. Now I've been here a bunch, and now I bring my 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 daughter. Yeah, and she yeah. braids Keegan's hair. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> she misses you. She does. She does. Talk to her today. Nice. And you have another daughter too, right? I do. Have an eighteen-year-old college, okay. who's sort of doing the nonprofit programming on the backside, stealing workouts. So, all right. Yeah. 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 I she program for the whole Borg family. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all a work in progress. Oh man. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um go ahead. Is there um do you adopt I'm just imagining here because you're in Charleston and then you go to Sheridan. Is there a bit of chameleon like sociopathy involved in like change like a, appropriate personality to the environment that you're in? Um, a little bit. I have to slow down. Um, okay. Going west. Yeah. Um, I tend to be very well caffeinated, even on night shifts, and <laughs> speak really fast. And um, people out west expect you to sit down and take a little more time, a little bit more. Um, expectations are different in a busier big city. People want their test or their diagnosis or whatever. Hmm. Um, they're looking for a different experience. So. Yep. Which has been a good thing for me. And the settings are very different. So my job back east is an academic. So I teach medical students and residents. And I don't work a shift without half a dozen other learners around. So um, I'm teaching and managing patients, but also teaching them how to manage patients. Whereas, like last night, for example, I was the only doctor. I was the only doctor in the hospital. Oh, um, shit. So Is that why you were texting me so much? Yeah. <laughs> he was just like nothing going on. But it's a small town. Right? It's a, it's a small okay. town and, and last night was after one o'clock was a pretty quiet night, so some nights I imagine. Some nights are not less quiet. Yeah. And it, I mean and one I, I'm not trying to elicit details out of you. I was just no, like no, ah, it, it, I'm, I, I bet there are some nights when Yeah, I've been in some cowboy towns and the West as a you, as a yeah. purple haired Mohawk sporting young climber <laughs> and I can Get a little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you does. said you were going to share your favorite pandemic story. Yeah. So this is, it's just this, it's so surreal, right? This whole experience feels like you're in some sort of. Can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah. I just want to be able to pay attention to everything you're going to say. Did you say you had a purple mohawk? Oh, Keegan doesn't know this. Why, yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to that after this, but continue. Sorry. Um, shall I? Please do. It's not. I, it wasn't quite Glenn Plake big, but I remember seeing pictures of it. Yeah, G Glenn was far more committed. Yeah, absolutely to to that whole thing. I yeah. was. Mine was a little wider. Yeah, couldn't um, quite get the Liberty spikes going. Yeah, I was just not into product. Eggs, man. Eggs. It's still a product. 
It's a product of the man (laughs) trying to hold me down. Exactly. (laughs) It's not not vegan, dude. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, this whole thing feels like a sociology experiment, right? I mean, every day you wake up and you're like, am I still in this same damn thing? So I'm out on a assigned ruck from Keegan with my weight in my bag cruising around. And I go by this neighbor's driveway and he's uh, um, he's training at the same CrossFit gym I did. We're good friends. And so we're having a conversation across the driveway, social distancing style, like we all do now. And um, (laughs) he also works part-time as a real estate agent. And so he's telling me, I'm like, Reed, you still doing real estate stuff? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's a little different now. I wear a mask and I have gloves on and I go inside (laughs) the house and stuff. And we shoot lots of pictures and do video tours and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, kind of different. Everything's changed. And this little eight-year-old kid on a bike has sort of been riding around the street. And he stops. 15 feet away from me and says, excuse me, sirs, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I really wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but I heard this, you know, I I wanted to let you know, gloves really don't help and they can be part of the problem and actually spread the virus. And I I love that kid. Rock and roll. I, I, I looked at my buddy Reed and I was like, you know, my jaw dropped and Reed was like, those were excellent manners, young man. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that. And I just sort of nodded along. And I'm like, this is the pandemic. An eight-year-old riding down the street, heard part of a conversation about somebody wearing gloves, and felt compelled to share that opinion with two total strangers. Saving lives. Yeah. Everybody's doing their part. Hey, at least we got little kids talking to strangers again. <laughs> well, to, I was going to say on a similar note. So I run this trail by our house and, and I mountain bike on the same thing. And me and Aaron, I took her on a mountain bike ride. Uh, the first one since, since the, the last one, since, <laughs> since the last one, which was many years ago. So there was some, there was some hot moments of like, where are you taking me? <laughs> I feel like, like it seemed like she had a bad experience, but this one was much better and it was it was pretty calm. So I take her down this uh, trail. We come back up through the neighborhood and there's like a group of kids. Everybody has a bike. Almost, there's like almost no helmets, which I appreciate because fucking kids bounce off like rubber also. And then one of the kids has like a homemade motorcycle. And he's like trying to start this like fucking one piston bullshit engine. <laughs> and it's like loud and blowing smoke everywhere. And he gets it started. And he's like, okay, kids, we're going to Death Mountain. And they all take off. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. I haven't seen something like that happen since I was a kid. I haven't seen kids yeah, be no kids. Shit. And it was like something out of a movie. Like I was watching Sandlot or something like kids were wanting to go do things outside of their house and literally they just drove up the hill i raced a bunch of them up the hill because i'm not gonna fucking let them beat me (laughs) wait so do we definitely know where death mountain is yeah it's a sand hill where they're building and they call that death mountain and i was like that's fucking awesome (laughs) so so the key apparently is to keep them inside for long enough that they revolt (laughs) yes and it's like a slingshot (laughs) yeah and they get shot out into the world and then you just like just let it happen you just like wipe your hands and you go exactly what i fucking wanted yeah get those little ki- bastards you, out of the house make them so tired yeah. of their screens that they actually go out and do something do you, i love that do you think it's that or do you think the parents cuz they now have to stay at home with their kids are so sick and tired of their kids that they're actually forcing them to go outside um no cuz i know 
what happens, that's when the house gets set on fire by the little arsonists. <laughs> you obviously have a different experience than I do. <laughs> Got it. Anyway, that was... Can I tell you what happens to a mason, like a one-pint mason jar? Of gasoline? Three quarters filled with gasoline, allowing it enough air to actually boil, placed under the ashes of the um, uh, fire pit at the local uh, municipal park. Please share. <laughs> Well, probably cooler than our Molotov cocktail. Oh, that was kind of a dud, but it was an intentional. I was gonna say, it wasn't even I didn't a Molotov cocktail. End of cocktail. that video, I wanted it, to see the. No, but it, we would know because we couldn't use an actual Molotov cocktail because that was that's that's illegal. That's a, that's enforced by the ATF. Federal <laughs> law, right there, enforced yeah. by the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms agency um because a molotov cocktail is a destructive device and you uh, i don't know if you can get a license to make one but they can sure as hell if they want anyway so <laughs> so much for um, descent and destroy yeah well we got the descent part and then we're just we're hoping. doing the 2020 version Keith. <laughs> jesus christ exactly. safety first <laughs> and and i'm t you know and it was a it turns out it was like a non-alcoholic type of Spirit in the bottle and water. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> like the most non-alcoholic thing you can get. Um, it was holy water. So it was, it was distilled H2O. Oh, man, we should have used the alkaline. alkaline. That, that stuff. We that, used that pH balanced, balanced water. water. That's <laughs> yeah, the 2020 <laughs> Molotov cocktail. I used pH balanced water. I haven't seen thing. alkaline water as a treatment for COVID. Uh, you're, yeah, you just it's, ain't it's, been looking in the right oh, place there, Keith. You, you <laughs> couple it with CBD. On that, on that topic, here's another <laughs> little interesting part. I, I totally understand the, like, you know, blocking essential oil salesmen from, from getting in the ring with the COVID-19 treatments. But, like... Explaining to people how to use useful supplementation nutritionally I'm sorry, to change you, their you, immune you system. I'm sorry, you mispronounced snake. <laughs> One of the essential oils is snake. <laughs> <laughs> that would be useful because you could use it as a hermetic if it was actually snake venom. Okay. Um, yeah, that, like it seems like there's this this ridiculous backlash against people recommending that they build their immune system using Myers cocktail, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, zinc. When in reality, like, well, zinc really does work. Like it's, there's a lot of data on all of those things. Why is there a push against that? Um, I think from the medical side, I think the push against it would come back to the headline, right? So if your headline, if your theme of your proposal is taking this prevents COVID, taking this cures COVID, there's going to be a pushback. If, as you just said, your push is, hey, these things promote better health yeah. and, you know, going to give you better capacity to resist a virus, I think that's a reasonable thing. I understand the other part of it because yeah. somebody tried selling me on injecting silver. <laughs> nice. And I was like, y you can do it intravenously. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I used it for staff. And I was like... <laughs> Why didn't you just go to the hospital and get an antibiotic? Like, oh, I don't take antibiotics. I was like, you don't. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, so you injected, you set up an IV with silver. We do use silver topically. It's on a lot of dressings. For, yeah. Again, yep. silver, useful compound. 100% agree Not that it can, it can, it can modify uh, well-being and it can be used even as a deterrent in some cases. Uh, it is an antiviral. Yep. Just like garlic is an antiviral. God, we're, we're basically talking about how to va fight vampires and werewolves. 
They're coming next. <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> right next after mutation. the murder hornets. Yeah, the murder hornets. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited for the yeah. murder hornets. I <laughs> mean. The, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the murder hornets aren't going to leave any for the vampires. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, you mean the Baskin bees? <laughs> 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 nice. Damn it. Yeah I, yeah. I saw that on something this morning. I can't take credit for it. That's okay. We're all a product of our environment. I just repeat shit that I heard too, so we're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just like repeat math stuff. Sometimes I, in this, I've been talking to my um, cousin who's a mathematician about this whole thing. I was like, what <laughs> break this? And he starts going off on variables and statistics and how this isn't like, and I was like, oh yeah, I get it. Like the numbers are bullshit. And he goes, yeah, yeah, they're total bullshit. Like you, if, if they actually combined them and did and ran the statistics, it would, it would not promote what they want, which is for people to shelter in place. Like they really need that, and so they can't. I, maybe this is God the damn it. Who thing. is this they? Well, anybody that's telling you to do something, like it's an authority, it's it's a government. It's the people it's with a, the agendas. It, but it, it's, 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 the, it's agenda. the people in the ad, quote administ the hospital administration that I was referring to generally before. But it, I mean, not it, specific it, to them, obviously. To like, some extent, it's everybody, right? It's the eight yeah. year, it's the eight year old kid who tried to tell me what to do. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, so, he was he was dropping the knowledge keys. <laughs> he wasn't trying was to tell you what to do. <laughs> do you know what? You should have just crushed his soul and been like, "Listen, you little fucker, I'm a doctor. Get the fuck out of here before I kill you." <laughs> He's or like, I beat you with these gloves that, that I've been yeah. wearing for. Just start coughing profusely on him. You shouldn't. Don't don't talk to strangers, you little rug rat. Especially if they drive a white van. Go play in the freeway. <laughs> it's right near Death Mountain. <laughs> I I don't. I forgot what I was gonna say. It was something good. Relevant. Oh, statistically. So okay, there's an authority. Like there's an authoritarian message going on, and I, I totally agree with like sheltering in place is the is the right thing for some people to do. Like it should be advice. Like all of these things should be advice because when it moves beyond that, you go, hold on a second, who the fuck are you? And in real, like I don't. It doesn't matter if it's you know what governing body or authority it is. It's why are it's- you dictating everything now? And if anything goes against that message, it's almost like free thought has gone away. Like if if you even say, uh, like what was Rob Bailey's post the other day was like, does anybody like who actually, how many people that are following me, like actually know somebody who has had COVID-19? The first responses were like, how dare you use your platform to, to deny that this is actually happening? And he was like, what? whoa he's like i was just saying it's really weird i don't know anybody who has it and i want like real feedback what is it like i'm not saying it doesn't exist i'm saying like whatever and it was just like four thousand comments i was just saying to add to that he has three hundred thousand followers yeah. so it's a good pool of people it's not like somebody that has no right and that's what i was alluding to earlier there are huge populations that are not seeing this they're yeah. seeing the response and the preparation yeah. and they don't know anybody with the disease they're not seeing it in their world not literally seeing the virus, yeah. but also not seeing the effects of the virus. And meanwhile, you've got people, and I've got friends in places like Detroit that yeah. are working that are, I mean. Dropping, yeah. Yeah, they're literally like going from bed to bed going, yep, you're gone, yep, you're gone. That's what yep. I talked I mean, to Alex today in New York. He's like, I've put dozens of people in body bags. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, that's, but that doesn't seem like it's the norm. That seems like it's, I those mean, are the outliers. I mean, it's a, I well, if you're going to talk uh, about it's, a 1% mortality rate, as opposed to a 99% survival, even in the worst cases, 97%. Like, I think if you run the numbers for Italy and China or whatever, it ends up being like 3% mortality rate or something. Still 97%. Of course, it's going to be the outlier. Like, it's 3% at the, yep. at the really harshest. That's not to downgrade it. 3% of the world's population is a fucking lot of people. Right. I, I just don't think people look at it like that. And I'm not saying that viewpoint's right, but it certainly doesn't seem to be the norm. I mean, I would absolutely agree. And the other thing is that if you look at the massive numbers, when you get up to 100,000 people, yeah. you're going to have a random child with no yes. healthy kid, no problems, no immune system dysfunction, who's going to die spontaneously. Or a, a reporter for People magazine. <laughs> that that case might be a little different. She was only 29. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, the other thing. I'm going to talk was not... about the things that she likes and her age repeatedly. Taylor Swift, cocktails on the beach. She just got married. She's 29. She's only... 29. Can you believe this is happening to 29-year-olds? Oh, my goodness. She's only 200 pounds overweight. She, she, it, <laughs> that article, I read that article, and it did not say that. Yeah, now you're just making shit up just because you saw a picture of her. You're just Disinformation. <laughs> she's 197 if she was anything. But I, the other thing I find interesting with how contagious COVID is, is that you know, we had somebody in here, we were training, come to find out he's had it. Yeah. And that was back in December, January? No, no, uh, March. Oh, excuse oh, me. yeah, yeah. If we're talking Sam. about. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, no Wait, names. There's COVID hey, in the gym. whoa. Wait. Well, no, no, no last name. <laughs> there's COVID there's in the gym. There's a lot of. Huh? There's COVID in the gym? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, yeah. it's mostly on the um the wall ball things though. So no, yeah. I don't like so, wall balls, yeah. so that's fine. Yeah, so dumbbells are safe. <laughs> it, it's all over the ground, Squat so rack. we don't do burpees anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure we don't do burpees. Sweet. Who else got it? Somebody else just told me that they had it too. My point was just that if it's that oh, but if, that if was, it's so that, contagious that we have to shelter inside, yet people were walking around with it not knowing they had it for a very long time, and it's such an like there's been no big spikes in Utah. Maybe that's still to come. I don't have any fucking idea. But like, what what are the differences? Not, I, there's I, so much we don't know. It's clear that there are people that are super spreaders, and they've done. There's a study in China where they had the demographics from this restaurant, and it just went like wildfire from this one restaurant. And they've got the case control stuff to look at the spread. And there wait, are other the places. Super spreader. So yeah, did, did you go yeah. to Ninja Turtles too, or was yeah. that just I, me? I went super. Like I went squirt gun. Yeah. Like, oh, I went super yeah. shredder. You went super soaker. Yeah, I went super I mean, so, soaker. Exactly. And there are certainly <laughs> lots of people that don't have any manifestation or even know they had it. Yeah. We're just getting antibody testing online. Um, and we're finally rolling that out to healthcare workers, which is fascinating. Um, That'll be really interesting. But because partially if we're talking about the mutation of it thereafter yep. is that, that you know, I, I think the initial response will be like, I got the antibody test. I already had it. I'm fine. Six months down the road, follow-on tests are yeah. going to say, "Well, yeah, you've, you're fucking responsible for like a thousand deaths because you went back to work in the restaurant or whatever, yeah, and I you mean, continued despite you having it." We don't, and 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 coming to it yourself, it, and we it, don't know that it's protective yet. So exactly, we don't, know, we don't know for sure. That's where I was. We headed. assume we're hopeful, but we don't know that it's protective yet. So we have a. I'm part of a research study. I actually, did my antibody test week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. um, and even with all my travel and potential exposure, I was yeah. antibody negative. 
Yeah, because you were sick too, like what, six weeks ago? Yeah. 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 Which surprised me. I thought that was my COVID. I was antibody negative. It's a pretty good test. Um, apparently, I know how to wash my hands. Um, but I, in, it was really interesting. I was sort of disappointed. <laughs> apparently, I know how to wash my hands. But I was a little disappointed because I sort of wanted to be positive, but then I was sort of glad I, it's yeah. like, you know, where. I think the same thing. Like, I kind of want to know that I've already had it. So I can be like, yep, had it, done, I've done that thing. I was really sick. It was terrible. But now I, I feel like I'm alive. Right. It's funny. I mean, this is a discussion because Selena had shut her clinic down mm -hmm. for two weeks because partially because I had freaked out, you know, went over the top. Two million deaths. It's going to be like, the play, you know, whatever. We got it like we, we got a hard meat, and then I'm gonna Tim buy Mark more turned guns. into Governor yeah. Cuomo. Yeah, exactly. I turned into his brother, but whatever. Um, oh, you're an it, asshole. It, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never Sorry. in doubt. Um, and 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 then and she thought, yeah, it's probably the smart thing to do. And and the the, the hospital in Moab, where she would normally go two times a month, they were just like said, early on. They said like, no visiting doctors. We can control our space. But if somebody brings it from Grand Junction, Salt Lake, wherever yeah. other the visiting doctors on a rotation come through, um, so she's like, ah, oh, man. So maybe the best thing is I'll just shut it down for two weeks, and then, um, and sometime during that period, uh, you know, sometime in there, she felt you know, she got sick. She had some interesting symptoms: fever, coughing, you know, blah blah blah. And and then uh, she reopened her clinic. Moab Hospital reopened recently, like last week. She finally went down after not having been for a couple months. Um, and I think people are like learning how better to deal, you know, to handle it. It's like, obviously when there's no knowledge up front, you're just like, oh, we got to like, you know, cordon everything off, shut everything down because you don't know. And now with the experience, especially in this particular lo local area, right. And, and, uh, um, so she started seeing patients, you know, here again, she went down to Moab, et cetera. And then she's, she said like, yeah, I got, I got the opportunity to have an antibody test but I'm not going to take it because if I am convinced that I already got through it and being a very healthy person who is pretty fucking far from obese, as far as I can tell. I'd argue um, she's about the farthest. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, no, no, there's like Auschwitz. <laughs> she's the farthest without going too far. And she's, you know, and, she, you know, when she had this, this sort of two week period of these different symptoms, et cetera, she was able to exercise through it. And she was also sleeping 13 or 14 hours a night um, to make sure that, you know, hey, look, I want to do everything I personally can. No, no, no. To you just wait for a fucking pill or an injection from somebody that tells you that they'll make you better. But you How can dare you. You can sleep still more. lay in bed for 13 or 14 inside. hours, though. No, you got to get up. You got to watch Netflix. You got to eat you, more ice cream. You do that. No, but you, you can do watch, that in bed. Don't you? I thought that was like a prereq. Do you not know how to be fat and lazy? <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to figure it out, but I keep failing. I keep showing up and running. <laughs> shit. I keep just, doing shit. I just looked at the time and I went, Keegan, I had that, quit chasing him so he doesn't have to run. This is the first thing I've eaten today is 45 calories of bone broth. How do people forget to eat? I've never understood this concept. Well, I, I just... Wait, forget? That was intentional. Yeah, it's forgetful with Michael. <laughs> it's called surprise fasting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, irrational fasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, my yeah, brand. Yeah, that's like... I mean, he felt it when wait, he came and visited wait. before he moved back here. I don't mind it. 
I like I, I like your surprise diet. The only person that gets mad at me is Aaron. Because some days you're like, hey, we're going to the gym. I'm going to stop and get breakfast. I'm like, this is like Christmas. Michael wants Michael <laughs> right? wants breakfast. This I is make great. the simplest pleasures seem so good because I make normal life so unbearable. I think you just described yourself in a way I don't think I ever could have, but it's spot on. But it is spot on. It's taken I, me 20 years to get this so, out. Sort of like an aesthetic lifestyle. Not A-E. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, but no, not, 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 aesthetic. not, not aesthetics. <laughs> not aesthetics like Botox. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, so this reminds me of a podcast. We recorded a podcast. It was probably like two weeks ago. We recorded a podcast, and we and it was like 5.30 in the evening or something when we stopped, and we got back yeah. into the um, – and I actually, it was the Saturday that I was super fucking hungover, whichever yes. episode that yes. was. When, when Trevor we, was here. We yeah. got back into the office, and Trevor's like, man, I need to eat. And King's like, yeah, I haven't eaten today either. Michael, same thing. And – he was like, yeah, Mark's the only one who's eating anything today. You know, only had two eggs, and I actually had four, but they were small. Um, but that was the only food consumed between four adult men by sort of 5.30 p.m. on that particular day. But also trained a fuck ton. And also trained, not me, but... Um, well, and you ate too, so you don't count. Yeah, exactly. So I ate, didn't train, and fuck, like it all just went to my hips, apparently. Um, <laughs> it, it, it Like, I... I thought about that afterwards because we should have included that in the podcast because we are we cannot understand the quarantine 15. We cannot understand how people accidentally eat I, Here's how much I don't into, understand it. You've said it three times during the podcast and I'm like, what is he talking about? Until you just said it in this context. I'm like, oh, you're talking about gaining 15 pounds by being in quarantine. Yeah, but it's That's okay. That's how much I didn't get it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Fuck, so you, you've missed jokes that I've made yeah. like multiple times in the last six weeks, motherfucker. Yeah, and I really need, had no idea. This and goes I really back need, to my opening point about things getting missed in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Even by our, I need to be more like Sam hosts. and obvious about the things that I miss, but sometimes you're going and I don't want to stop it. So I try to figure it out, but then I forget what it is and then I just... Ah, fuck. I've been with Keep, you the whole time on that. All right, okay. rock and roll. Two out of I'm the only bad. COVID idiot here who doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today, today we, <laughs> I came up with something that was a little bit heinous, at least for myself. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, well, I mean, I didn't do what you did, but are you talking about food you ate? No, that's just no, because those forty-five no, calories is is that two servings? Oh one, no, it says one, one. one. one serving, serving size yeah. only forty-five calories. It's lemon and rose. I mean, while we're on the topic, Mark, what have you had today? Oh, I had <laughs> <clears throat> today was good. There's good. I had coffee. Okay. Ooh. Two cups. No way. Black. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Crazy. And then I had to sample probably <laughs> a couple of ounces of some cheese because it, um, you, the, now, shit. <laughs> so, uh, recently, Selena was on her way to the grocery store. Do you need anything? I'm like, yeah, I'm really, I'm really missing cheese right now. Do you have a so, meaning of life at the store that I could pick up? <laughs> it might be found in the cheese section. It can be in the cheese section. Just okay. The meaning of life is to is contained in the most expensive motherfucking cheese in the oh the habanero gouda at Harmons. It's like of course oh, you okay. know that. No, no, no. If it's at Harmons, uh, no, they have they have a section. Uh, so there, have you ever been to Pirates Pirates Market? You mean Treasure Island in Vegas? <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. Pirates. It's on. It's on. It's in. It's in Draper. It's like a very hidden little store. It's like an import store, and they have cheeses. That's and, like twenty-eight miles from my home. Oh yeah, you haven't been there. Yeah, you're gonna there. have to go there because they actually have some insane. I don't. I don't give a fuck about insane shit. This was. This was part of the deal. Is that, you know, I said, find some like extra sharp cheddar, and so. Selena just went, okay, I got to go to the store. I got to find like the, blah, 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 the thing. She comes back and it's like a four ounce slice for $6 or whatever of some of the most amazing sharp cheddar I've ever had. Was it beehive? Uh, unclear. It didn't, it didn't uh, like. Didn't even have a label. It's off label. It, it was, it's off label. It was top wrapped shelf. in cellophane. Cellophane. It was, it was, the, it wasn't even at the top shelf. It was like the back. It was in the back. Anyway, so she got like the most kick ass and it was fucking incredible. (laughs) But that's not how I eat cheese. (laughs) So I used to, I mean, when I lived in France, I, so when I talk about the most expensive cheese, there was a, there was a Basque cheese. It was a turkey that I would get every now and then as a celebration because it was the most amazing fucking and most expensive cheese in this particular little Italian deli in a small French town where I lived. Blah, blah, blah. And and so this kind of this super sharp cheese kind of reminded me of that. It's like a sliver, and you know, it's it's sort of like the gangbang thing. It was something very multi orgasmic kind of. I had like more holes wonderful. open, and there wasn't there, enough cheese to there go was around. Absolutely <laughs> enough cheese. Um, and strangely enough, I was still satisfied. Um, and and so it was absolutely amazing. As so we got in this discussion of cheese, and like how I'm a kind of like a upper middle class consumer of cheese now, and not really like the fine dining yeah, type yeah. of post meal sort of mm, this is way better than dessert kind of cheese yeah. and um and 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 uh so so next visit we had that discussion and she thought i was mad at her i'm like no no it's just like i have a different style now i'm like yeah. it has to be sharp it has to have bite yeah like because cheese that just tastes like milk is not yeah, yeah it's just so boring even if it's yellow you might as well just or white salted mozzarella you're like this is just chewy oh i just go straight to the butter I'm just like yeah, uh, I'm just like Land O'Lakes, unsalted. So yeah, it's good, just like cheese. A good one for for that is the Tillamook White Extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra, with, extra. With, with the black wax on yeah, the outside. Yeah, that one's oh, a yeah. really good like yeah. you know mainstream cheese. Totally that really down fits with the that. Bill. Yeah, totally. They don't have that at Whole Foods. Fuckers. Yeah. Anyway, I, my special but, go-to it, <laughs> cheese that's expensive uh-huh. is a truffled Manchego. Oh, and it's like twenty dollars for like an ounce. Oh yeah, so that. that's not, like, dude. That you'd buy cocaine for less than that. And I don't f- think it feels as good. <laughs> as some would argue, you don't know till you try it. It's um, a good point. I was telling Keegan. And, oh, go anyway, ahead. so I, I, you know, I'm just trying to, in in the longest form possible, answer Keegan's question about what I ate today. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So I've now with distraction, you know, I've gone to multiple countries, talked about my previous history in life, my relationship to milk products, etc. Yeah. Anyway, so Act Three. Yeah, Act Three. Yeah, get there quick <laughs> and die, please. Shut the fuck up. Just die. <laughs> so uh, I, she. she um, was at the grocery store yesterday, the day before, brought back some more sort of proletariat style sharp cheese. <laughs> and uh, two different ones. One the was common person. <laughs> the, the, no, but common person's sharp cheese. Because common person, it comes in slices with wax paper, and that's just horribly, you know, tastes not at all. And it's bad for the environment because what do you do with the paper yeah, in between? Each, and then it, it's really like, it kind of tastes like the wax paper. It, it kind of does. But I've heard that with that wax paper, you can actually use that as a substitute for toilet paper when Walgreens is out. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah, just maybe two layers so you don't poke your fingers through. I've heard if the cheese is bad enough, you can use that. <laughs> I'm hurt. I've heard if your cheese is fat enough, you don't actually shit later. Oh, oh craft, no, no, sorry, I got confused. <laughs> I, I got confused. You shit explosively later, <laughs> and it's liquid, so you don't need to wipe. Um, anyway, so I had one of these uh, new cheese. You bought two different brands back. I had tried the... The, the one that was called Super Sharp last night, and that was pretty fucking good. And then I had this other one, which was Extra Sharp today, and that was pretty sad, about two ounces of cheese. And then, um, you know, I'm, in, I'm down with, you know, eating leftovers now. So made some, made some meat soup recently, which it started out as chili and then just ended up with only like, just like Aaron style. Oh. So not a lot of beans. Yeah. Way more meat. Um, with some of the uh, grass-fed beef yeah. that got dropped off uh, I, you know, recently. Fuck, that chili was so good. So I, had some, so I had some chili, and that, that's it. And, and then um, this beautiful Ferta Imperial IPA from TF Brewing right up the street. But you had to get your carbs in. Had to, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't feel like I'm overeating. It, but, doesn't, it but, does not sound like it. But now that you've <laughs> mentioned how little we've eaten, called my attention to it, I'm definitely cutting back tomorrow. Just like one kind of cheese, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably smart. Yeah. No crackers either. No, definitely right? not. Definitely. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good for yeah, now. How about you, Keegan? I wish I had some elaborate story. <laughs> Oh, I actually could tie this into yesterday going back to the masks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I am the person that doesn't want to wear a mask that you spoke of earlier. So I guess I'm Bubba or Cletus. Um, but I went to Snyder's. It's a butcher around here. They have phenomenal meat. And I went there yesterday. I was standing outside with Vince and the guy politely asked if we had masks. We said no. He said, I can sell you some. And we said, we'll go somewhere else. So I went around the corner to the store where masks seem to be optional. Got some ground beef, got some hamburgs, got some cube steaks, which brought me back to childhood, surprisingly. Uh, but today I've eaten three of those sirloin burgers. I've had like 25 ounces of uh, burger today. That oh. is all I've had so far. Cool. How about you, Keith? I'm running on mostly beer. Um, work. <laughs> well, it's you were you were engaged in air Just, travel, so no, I, that is. <laughs> so, I, so I worked last night. About ah, so you, you're running on hops and hate. Uh, exactly. Four <laughs> o'clock in the morning had. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hops. Uh, do I buy the URL or do I just like <laughs> go up the street hate. and ask them to custom make us? Hops and hate would be. Uh, uh, yeah. That yeah, would be. Yeah, I, I know yeah. many people who would oh, yeah. buy and drink that beer. Yep. Let's do it. Fuck. Yep. All right. Templin, I'm coming for you. Um. <laughs> So some Nusa yogurt about four o'clock in the morning. Oh, nice little Nusa snack in the, yeah. in the middle of work, and then drove up to the airport and airport beers. Nice. And then because it was night for you. Yep. I mean, it was the end of the day, right? Like, and then yeah, it's sometime. And then <laughs> flew here and more beer. I'm sorry. I just I, if I'd known, I would have offered you more yogurt. But um, I realized, like, ah, I think he drinks beer. I got to walk up the street and grab oh, yeah. some because we're pretty out here. I drink beer. I drink liquor. Yeah, it's good. So between the four of us, we're at like 2,000 calories. Are we that much? I mean, I had 25 ounces of ground beef. Oh, okay. So oh, no. Probably. I said I had three airport beers, so I'm not I'm, – I'm like three pints. I'm, I'm holding my own. Yeah. Five, 600 calories? Yeah. yeah. Right, so, yeah, maybe a little higher than that. Okay, so <laughs> – yeah. 
We're killing it. And how about the dogs? <laughs> Gus also had a hamburger patty. Okay. Because I didn't have food for him yet. How about Lambert? Um, he he only he's like me. He eats once and at night. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> when I, when I we do remember. Eat. I mean, I eat. You're a snacker. Oh, I've seen night. I've seen you eat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like. I tell everybody your your dirty little secret. I just like to like. Okay, now is the time reserved for eating whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, I, so I just totally like get it. Do that. Eat like a snake. Gorge. Yeah. <sighs> he doesn't really. gorge. No, because I usually I just have like this. That's my style. Open it. <laughs> like, my style like, too. Five hours, and I'll just like eat my first meal, and then I'll have a couple snacks, and yeah. then I'll go to bed. That's my youngest, Carrie. You guys have met her. Yeah. She nibbles, nibbles, and then she'll put away more food than I do in a meal. And nice. I'm like, oh my god. Nice. Good for <laughs> and then it'll go a day or two without eating. You're like, are you okay? And yeah. then the next thing that's not nailed down. Just... So I, I that it's like. like uh, some days I eat in the morning and some days I like eat throughout the day or sometimes like today I was really hungry, but then I was like, I don't need to eat because I'm not fucking doing it. I didn't know we were going to do that workout. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like, Oh, well, whatever. But other days, like I'll just, I don't know. I think, I think I like the, I don't like the consistency of like, no, this is what time I eat. This is what I eat. And then I do That makes me feel gross. It makes me feel like, I can't break that habit. It, it's interesting. I watch her, and she's very intuitive, eat when she's hungry and mm-hmm. doesn't when she's not. And I watch m- myself, her mother, everybody try to sort of force breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch, and dinner on her. Yeah. And she's far more intuitive, and I'm sort of trying to reverse learn that, but it's <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, right. She looks like she's doing great instead of doing what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, actually, maybe my 11-year-old has it right. Or <laughs> yeah. is she 11? 13. 13. I, I think Sorry, just Kira. that, in essence, to like improve i mean honestly if you wanted to bankrupt every hospital in america in this whole entire system pharmaceutical companies everything if everybody just immediately lost weight who needed to lose weight like take off 10 percent of your body weight needless like whatever excess whatever it is you reduce it so let's say we inverse it so only maybe 25 percent of the population is overweight or obese and 75 percent of the population is fucking healthy wait 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 there's something that all of those individuals who are complaining about big pharma, there's action, there's there's actionable yeah. sort of knowledge. There's something that they could actually do Here's to not only take control and stick it to those motherfuckers. Yeah, this is the real kicker. This is what really gets you. You just do it yourself. You just literally just become something that doesn't need that system and that system falls apart. Collectively, if everybody just becomes the person that doesn't rely on them, wait, what? Then they have no business. That's I'm protesting with my lack of obesity. I'm <laughs> protesting with my lack of consumption. How about this? I'm protesting with my colon. <laughs> that just has like it's a... way better than when your colon protests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just going no, for, for like sure. a deeper, darker feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, you know, and it's not going to solve everything. There's weird shit that happens. Like, I just went and got a mammogram because I thought I had fucking male breast cancer. It's like weird shit happens, but also, you know, I'm also hypersensitive to every little thing that happens because, it, I don't know, I pay attention. I'm not the healthiest person ever, but I don't think I'm diseased and I don't think I'm at risk because I worry about being at risk. I keep asking my question, like asking, like, what else can I do? 
to protect myself from not having to go to a fucking hospital and have somebody give me statins or medications or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're mixing a lot of things there for sure. I mean, certainly, uh, there's yeah, a. I'm talking about my life, Keith. Yeah, but so there's lifestyle things like statins and all that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. and for sure you can take a lot of action against that. And then there's acute disease. But then there's acute disease and bad shit yeah. happens to good yeah, people. For and sure. then there's certainly injury stuff that, you know, people crossing the road. I mean, and that's, yeah. Um, and that's one of the fascinating things is that I love that about my job is it keeps me very honest, um, with what life is yeah. and what life means because man, I see good people all the time and bad shit happens. Well, I think yeah. that's kind of what we've always talked about is control what you can yeah. and what you can control is, you know, your, your body weight, your activity level, the Absolutely. things you put in your mouth. You can't help it. If you walk across the street, you'd be the healthiest person in the world, walk across the street, get hit by a car, your health you know, when it comes to accidents, doesn't determine anything. Or you go for a hike that, and that then you end up with a, you know, a tick. Yeah, that, sure. Yeah. But, but basically your physical health your going into that trauma. Oh, sure. For sure. will give you a different outcome. Yep. than yes. if you're, yeah, if you need a major surgery. Absolutely. Yep. absolutely. And for sure, it's the healthy person that always gets hit by the car. Cause they're the ones walking. Well, <laughs> <laughs> can't get hit by a car if you quarantine. Well, yeah, okay, save lives. Stay I home. was going to say that the gigantic person registers in the driver's vision <laughs> more than the smaller person, but I like yours way better. <laughs> uh, shit. I, do you think we should just take those stickers off the rearview mirror in America? Objects may seem bigger than they appear when in reality. Objects are actually just bigger than they should be. <laughs> okay. Objects and mirror are bigger than it's they should be. <laughs> All right. Let's just make those stickers and send them out with a zine, and then it falls out of the pages. People are like, man, I can replace the thing on my mirror on my, on my mirror. car. Speaking of stickers, a- that last bumper sticker that came out with the zine, my daughters were like, wait a minute. <laughs> They're like, you have, you have kids and animals. And- They're like, wait, what? I'm dad, you're part of the problem. Run. <laughs> Kira's like, I don't understand. I. I- Explain the cat part of it. <laughs> oh, the cat part they got. Yeah, they're down yeah. with they're down with the Do cat. You know, part. Originally I didn't have the cat crossed out. And then somebody mentioned like how people that own cats are replaceable and I go, cat's going out. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> Sorry. I don't I'm not I've nothing against cats. Except as pets. I love Death Metal Kitty. And Sorry, Sean. My my friend. No, I love her. I know, I know. I'm Him. saying is sorry. That I don't his, even know the gender. Is, is that his cat's like neutral? Yeah, of yeah, course yeah, it is. DMK. I miss that fucker. Just, yeah. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah, I have a little group text group um, with him and uh, Rob Fusco. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, can you imagine? Like, I just love it. Rob will send a video and he's just like, he's masked up, got his glasses on. He's, he's doing a food run. He's got a giant fucking machete strapped upside down to the shoulder strap of his pack. And I'm just like, doing a food run. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to no, kill no, it first? It, excuse me. Supply run. Oh, right. Yeah. And today he's like, he sent a little thing and, and uh, uh, he got on the bike. He said, I kept it on the big ring all day. Just <laughs> like, fuck yeah. That's so. That's it. That's it's hardcore, and he's defending it, and always has. But um, uh, but yeah, uh, Sean, if we could see you again in person, it'll be fucking awesome. I agree. Um, but he's you know there he since he's you know EMS right, and some of the shit they're responding to, and like the the, the with, with this whole thing, a responding to, but then also how it has affected 
um, how much they have to work because some guys are out of work. They test, but you know, positive. You're like, you're off for two weeks and that kind of thing. And it's like, so the, whether they're seeing in, in Pueblo, the same level of response, they're seeing exactly what you said, Keith, which I hadn't thought about before is like the, you know, the, the, there's the, there's the actual infection but there's the response to it and all of the different agencies and what they're doing in order to prepare for. And he said, yeah, it's just, been, it's been, it's been really crazy. Like the, the pressure is, is, is higher than normal anyway. Um, I do have a friend with a couple of cats. Well, we actually have two friends. Kristen has some, those serval cat, like the crazy cats, the Savannah cat. As well as one other, and then this guy that uh, up in uh, Idaho that I met when I was up doing the talk at the DOE, and uh, he has a couple of like a, like these are forty pound cats. Yeah, when you see a cat that has an e collar on it, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> it might kill me in my sleep, right? <laughs> so I need to, <laughs> yeah. Those are the, that's the kind of cat I like. I, I agree with Michael, not as pets. My aunts we'll are both cat things. people, but they don't listen to this, so fuck them. <laughs> Sorry, I got the um, the guy looking for bigger arms email still going on. Oh, no shit. <clears throat> did you follow up with him? Just check, I followed did you up. Follow- he pinged oh. me to follow up. So <laughs> Keith will enjoy this. <laughs> email number one. What was the Cavill arm routine? How can I get that size? Then he sent following up on this how I long s- after because like you didn't five res- minutes after oh like five literally oh five no minutes. shit yeah, yeah so he didn't even give you time to respond no and so then i said the answer is to curl three times a day six sets of 26 at 35 percent of five rep max three days on seven days off then have genetically shorter arms <laughs> and then i said five minutes later just following up did that program work <laughs> wow <laughs> he said hello he is at least six foot two inches his arms look long i don't know what you're talking about that program does not look like what you prescribe him for the superhero movies please provide the real info Whoa, he's fucking getting demanded <laughs> oh, yeah and then five minutes, five minutes later pinging this again <laughs> so i said what do you think the program would look like since he obviously called bullshit on mine he said did he train his arms a lot or was it more compounds weight pull up barbell etc i don't know why i reached out thank you for the responses (laughs) i don't know why either and then next email ping it just says ping over like this whole is conversation is over what what email like yeah but what period of time oh did previous 24 hours wow yeah this has been going a very short amount of time then he goes uh oh yeah my response was i don't know ask him (laughs) and he goes what is his email address i don't know (laughs) (laughs) following up on this (laughs) and i said why are you following up i said i don't know and he said you trained him yes why can't you give me the program Come on, are you going to type something out right now? Let's do it live, dude. I did. Oh. Yeah. I'm like in fucking awe. I know. It's really fun. (laughs) I'm surprised Um, the conversation is still going on. I'm entertained, but. (laughs) 
Where's the end of it? Where's my reply? Um, <laughs> shit. Where's the end of it? Exactly. I'm in like <laughs> utter disbelief that somebody's just like, give me the fucking yeah, program. Give me the thing that you do because I want the trick. And and whatever. on my timeline, it's like an emergency. I need to know right now. I need to start doing curls immediately. See, Tell me. You, exactly. Do Start doing curls <laughs> yeah. immediately. Apparently. Start doing them yesterday. Yeah. So, never stop doing good. curls never just do curls all the time that's the secret well and tricep kickbacks but so yeah. that's I was more gonna say, with, i was gonna say most of the arm is in the tricep but, with, with pink not dumbbells. to get too medical yeah. right. i don't know why oh here it is um my response because there is no program your question to how to get bigger arms is the exact reason we train how we do which is to develop a bigger brain and we'll make the former irrelevant He got a real response. Just following up on this. <laughs> following up. <laughs> Did you increase the size of your brain yet? Yeah. I, or maybe now I realize that you can't actually grow the size of your brain, it being contained inside a object of right. limited you, you elasticity. Grow its usefulness. <laughs> yeah. So is that a relatively common thing? People reach oh, yeah. out for this happens all oh, the fucking time. All the time. Yeah. So I, I find this fascinating because people ask for medical advice all the time all the time too and it, yeah i've got this growth if you can yeah, just no and have, an, have and have an expectation <laughs> yeah, of like hey look at this or tell me about this. Me right here yeah and it's it's humbling and i i, I mean i take it sincerely it's mm-hmm. part of the profession yeah but and some level it's also really strange yeah i wouldn't you would never go up to a lawyer or an accountant and go hey i want you to do this return or hey can you go through this excel spreadsheet <laughs> and break this down for me but there's Can you something explain to me why I'm being sued. <laughs> like, but there's something about our professions that, yeah. and the knowledge that people expect it for free. Yeah. Um, Is that because insurance companies pay, <laughs> and they have no Connection. actual relationship yeah. to the value of the service? Like, I, I think that's exactly it. There's no. There's not an understanding of the value of the service, and I think we, from the medical side, also have this sort of. We want to share this. And I think from the training coaching side, that's there too. We want to share this information. We want to promote health. We want yeah. you to increase the size of your brain. Yeah. At the same time, you like have bills to pay and dogs but, to feed it, and things like that. But, but, it's, but it's not necessarily that. Like I think the problem is for, for us, A, it's like, yeah, I want, to, I want to share this. I want to help educate people. I would like to make help people become better people but not when they demand it from me on their timeline. Yeah, of course. Not when they don't respect what it has taken to accumulate this knowledge and put it to the tests and like, you know, pr- you know, essentially pressure test it, et cetera. Um, and, and, and it's not necessarily the money because if they just like, hey, I'll pay you, give me the thing now. Uh, like, uh, haven't you ever heard us talk about money and how little we like, like you know, you, that's not like your I didn't money. do it for the money. I did it for the nookie. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> wow. Fred. Yeah. Rock and roll. I'm not that white trash to remember that, but I did. Yeah. Uh, film director now, actually, is Fred Durst. And he's probably pretty good at it because he definitely identified 
a particular you know yeah. niche in music and exploited the fuck out I of it. I tried to explain he identified the nookie. Oh, well, I tried. <laughs> yes. So Keegan didn't know what a juggalo was. He had never heard okay. of Insane Clown Posse, which yeah. is really ironic. I had heard of them, but oh, I didn't okay. I never even, like paid even attention. I've heard of Clown Posse. You're yeah. like fucking 40 years older than me. You got a lot more time. <laughs> and so and then Sam knew who they were but didn't really under he thought it was something kind of different. And so we were hiking and I was trying to explain He thought it was from that comic he thought Jughead, not Juggalo. <laughs> no, because his brother apparently and Sabrina or his, his whatever brother his name is was. into not Juggalo. Uh, what's the other one? Um, it's a different genre, same genre. Oh yeah, it's right up there with Fred Durst. No, no, it's, it's like was it like worse? It wasn't Blink One Eighty Two. No, 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 no. That's whoa, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, way off. I'm now trying to. I'm just trying to remember our conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yes, it was uh, a different conversation. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I can't remember the name of the band that his brother liked, but it brought us to ICP, and and then I talked about how those formed was like like a metal genre and a rap genre became, mm-hmm. but it couldn't have been good metal or good rap that mixed. It had to be like shitty rap and shitty metal. That together made yeah. a slightly more appetizing yeah, so then you had like meal. Limp Biscuit was basically Limp like Limp Biscuit's what you said. Right, the epitome of like when these two styles converge and um uh, become popular within, you know, the community that they're popular with and then it branches off like the more true to style like ICP and whatever and they have like their own kind of cult following. I can't remember the name of that other band. It's just as shitty. Um they spray fucking Fago on people. It's the same shit. Whatever. So Guar Light. Yeah. In terms of audience interaction, guar, because I would not. I, I would never. That's a band name I've heard in a long. No, no. Time. I would never denigrate them. I would. I have I'm not only massive respect because Slaughterama. Yes, and I agree. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to speak disrespectfully because I, I I believe that all music genres are valid. But I do remember. At the old space, uh, one of the uh, students, clients, whatever, came back after seeing Guar the night before. And he was still covered. stained red-ish, despite having showered because of said audience interaction. And that's not Fago. That was fake blood, I guess. Yeah, it came out of like a big yeah. vagina or something. Yeah. <laughs> They're always... Yeah. Well, yeah, like the, the weird part about it is like the juggalos are so dedicated. They okay. really are. Like, talk about a dedicated audience. And this is kind of, it came up in the news after we were talking about this because ICP <laughs> came out and said, we are not going to put on our shows until this coronavirus is beat because we won't risk one juggalo or juggalette's life. And it was the same day that the White House was saying, go back to work, everybody get out there. <laughs> and people are saying, ICP has a higher ethical <laughs> knowledge than the White House. And then I said to Keegan, be like, see, ICP is still relevant. That, that is pretty good. I, I can't remember if it was, uh, it was either Charlie Harper or Wattie who basically said, Hey, we've been doing this punk thing for fucking 40 years now or whatever it is. And we're just going to keep playing our goddamn shows. (laughs) Obviously, there was no venue to play them in because other people didn't, you know, didn't want to provide the space for that. But I just thought that was kind of funny. I mean, like, especially Charlie Harper is probably like seventy-four right now, and it's like, I want a riot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 
Yeah, I never connected with the Limp Biscuit thing. That that went over my head, and I went, I don't like it. Hey, I, the P Diddy, you know, remix of Break Stuff. Yeah. I think so I don't even track was. I can't anyway. Yeah. I actually still like some Nickelback every now and then. No shit. Really? All right. Well, Truth Keith, or... it was great to know you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm uh, going to bring uh, you back to your hotel room now. Yep. Um, <laughs> what songs from Nickelback? Um, what's the album? Exactly. That's what the, I say. The, al- <laughs> the, the album is Rearview. It's okay. just like, it, it's stupid. Yeah. It's uh, actually, do you think they it, know that their music is generic and kind of like, I it it screams I have bedazzled jeans and a wife beater on. I mean, right? Is the glass half full or half empty? Half half full? You think? Hell yeah, they're riding this, the money, the groupies, the everything, the lifestyle, and laughing. Oh, I'm time. not. Yeah, they should do their thing yeah. for sure. I mean, glass half empty. They have no idea what kind of. Same thing with ICP. Keep painting your face. Wear the Jankos. Like the you know your back pocket is yeah. near your heel kind of deal. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I may have had the girls. You know what I'm talking about. Those are. I still- know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. That takes a, the the, uh, the funny thing about that is it takes a pair of extra large suspenders <laughs> so that they don't actually slide off the ends of your legs. Uh, I, Which my, makes it hard yeah. with that meth habit that you. Yeah. <laughs> I cranked up Rockstar in the truck of the day with the windows down, made the girls listen to it, and they screamed and they did not like it. Oh, absolutely not. I feel I, like it's important that they understand these. Cultural uh, touchdowns. I hate that I know every word to that song. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't oh, even identify fuck. it. Oh, yeah. What's the We're bar- going to listen to that on the way to the fucking hotel. <laughs> I'm just going to say, and, and um, but you won't have to, it'll, it's probably pretty close. So, uh, what's that Bon Jovi thing? Seems like pretty similar. Oh. Living on a prayer is the first thing. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Running on a dream. I don't know what. Running <laughs> on a dream. <laughs> Surviving <laughs> off of. Something snorting because I have a habit. I, I anyway. Oh no! I mean, I, his wife that had the habit. Yeah, I, I've you know I, I'm I've gone to. It's even worse than that. I've hung out with Def Leppard backstage. <laughs> that has happened. There you go. Fuck so yeah! I do. <laughs> I mean, who's going to turn down the opportunity like to just see a level of unimaginable excess? Oh yeah, I, not to mention how I got there was because I was dating a exotic dancer who happened to get tickets. Single mom? No. Um, Sorry. And at, I just at wanted, that point she wasn't. And it gets worse because she wanted to go, and I took her ticket, and I brought my friend so oh. we could go backstage. And like, I wanted, I just wanted to do a double high five for the drummer. I didn't get to do it because he didn't show up. Because he's got one hand. He's a fucking badass. That they put on an insane show. <laughs> that is a a pretty savage little joke right there. That I, just went yeah. right by me until John you Bonham? brought me the, the, the only reason that, I didn't blink that, was because we Bonham? talked about this Sunday night. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we cut. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm man. You hit all bands. all musical genres on. We didn't play Def Leppard. <laughs> that wouldn't have gone over well. I don't for no, the we mushroom just, you, pizza party, but you just talked about it. No, yeah, we were talking about because we we're talking about stories, which I cannot talk about that story. <laughs> that's a different time. Yeah, um, that's all I got. I'm out. <laughs> I'm just admitting to my shitty music that I like. Sometimes I do not mm-hmm. listen to Def Leppard. I don't. I, I appreciate them as a band. 
that existed and still makes money playing shows, kind of like what yeah, you're talking about. exactly. And I want to be a rock star. If you could do it, why not do it? Like, Oh, I totally agree. The hard part, I think it's like MLM sales, though. Like, yeah, I kind of want to make that kind of money. I just don't want to have to actually go through and talk people into thinking the thing that I'm doing is real, which is kind of how I feel about bad music. You know, so, so if you could jump to being that band without having it? to pay the dues and stuff. Would it come with the receding hairline but long hair? Yeah, of course. <sighs> little paunch. How about the hair dye that you put in your hair to make it dark because it was going gray, but then you do a little cocaine and it turns it kind of purple? Does my whatever that interaction voice is, automatically it's... go into that tone even when I'm just discussing things with other people? Like, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Absolutely, yeah. No, you got to live it, man. Your rock star 24-7. I don't know if I could do it. And if you don't know how to be a rock star, Nickelback has a song about it. <laughs> all, all the lessons in the song. Here's the problem. It's like with every bad genre comes the, like what do you, what's the good thing that you get out of it? Like you get the money and they obviously own Wave Runners because that's like something that somebody that listens to that music writes. <laughs> so, a Wave Runner. And they have like ski boats and like, you know, the particular instruments of lower lower income rich, fame yeah lower income fame but then there's the groupies like the groupies don't interest me like they're the kind of female that i or male that i just wouldn't be into if i was whatever way you know but there's bands like crucic shadows that those groupies you know they're into some weird shit <laughs> Oh just a number of groupies are, are you looking up the lyrics no you think about Crucic Shadows and you think about the other band Morbid Angel and then it takes you back to Typo Negative and you realize that man that's a really great genre of music that nobody appreciates anymore well uh, no I couldn't go back that's not actually what I was um, uh, going for because uh, damn it um, you said something about Nickelback having a, a song about being a rock star. Yeah, which yeah, it's called "I Want to um, Be a Rock Star." Okay, I believe yeah. right. I yeah, they can't confuse their audience. Like they oh, can't it could have, just be rock star. I don't know. Uh, yeah. These are the kinds of bands that don't speak metaphorically or in prose or abstraction. They so have to be very direct. It's very I had, simple. I had bought no a, hidden message. <laughs> like the before Blake Judd totally lost his mind and um, became an addict and started stealing shit from other people. Um, Noctmistium, their last record. Noctmistium. Um, you know, you know, like one of America's greatest black metal bands, or yeah, were, you I know, know whatever, <laughs> um, it, whatever. But so there was uh, on on the last album that came out in like 2014 the the final track on the record is titled epitaph for a dying star <laughs> and i don't think they meant a solar system shit i was just like wow that's kind of that's pretty good that's some yeah. premonition what's... about what you're about to do to yourself <laughs> there mr mr jed <laughs> what's what's the other band besides nickelback coldplay it... no coldplay stained Ooh, is sustained? There's know. another one. Though. I just you like know what I'm talking about? put them in the. It's that like angelic Christian rock or whatever. Creed. Creed. It, yep. Ooh, That's it. Snap. It's Creed. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I can't tell them apart. And maybe I'm. I've mixing never really them. listened to Creed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, or you have, and you thought it was Nickelback. That's <laughs> probably true. That could be true. <laughs> this comes back to a question from residency. Mm -hmm. So we're working hundred-hour weeks. 
and I'm walking between two hospitals in Cincinnati and they're taking down a building and there's a guy driving the wrecking ball, like literally taking down this eight story building, driving the wrecking ball. Yeah. And one of my good friends, still a good friend of mine, looks at me and goes, if you could have his job right now, you don't have to pay all the dues. You don't have to do yeah. all the like yeah. scoop, one, 100% scoop, yeah. scoop up the other stuff. Yeah. You, you get that job right now, union member, and that's your job for the rest Done. of your life. Drive the wrecking ball. Walk away. Yeah. Done. 10 years of medicine, all that stuff. And we were both like, oh, yeah, we're Done. driving the wrecking ball. <laughs> It's a really nice. good how Miley Cyrus of you. Yep. <laughs> it's a really good point of like, man, there's probably some jobs hidden in there somewhere. It's, it's how accept of you is what you should have said. I mean, but you're too too young to get with Udo and the the wrecking ball in that particular video. Balls to the wall. Yeah, I think the Miley Cyrus one was more relevant to me and Keegan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, see, oh, shit. But yeah, forty hours a week, slamming ball and dropping buildings. I now I can't get the song out of my head with your name in front of it. <laughs> I mean, so if you could, would you still do that? No, absolutely not. I think I would. I would change this for a wrecking ball job. I'm just joking. <laughs> this is a wrecking ball job. <laughs> this podcast. Or- I don't know. I got nothing on Miley Cyrus. Or these. Uh, Sounds a little like Nickelback. This does? No. <laughs> oh man, a pair of flying bees. And Udo Dirk Schneider, greatest frontman name of you know in rock. Dirk Schneider. Dirk Schneider. No, Udo. Come on. Jesus Christ. A pair of. Okay. I've never heard this song before. Well, the album, you that, that's only because you never saw the album cover. Because you would have heard it had you seen the cover of this record. He kind of sounds like Lemmy. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. It's like that southern. Like, like down-tempo yeah. motorhead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Down, <laughs> yeah. down syndrome motorhead. <laughs> Yeah, I just gotta the slow dance motorhead. I, I, I just yeah. gotta give you the uh, the album cover. Oh shit! Yeah, I wouldn't have bought that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, those leather shorts. I man? did Are used you to kidding bu- me with like a ball gag in his hand. Do you? Re- you never would have bought that. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? Do do you? Did you guys ever buy albums based on the cover in the genre? That used to be the gamble. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, Are you guys all know I didn't buy albums as a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've bought comic books for the cover before. Yeah, well, kind of. Did I? Yeah, the Max. I started buying the Max because it's weird art. I don't even remember what I have for comic books, that but ball, I definitely never bought an album because of a, a cover. I think I bought Aerosmith's album didn't... based off the cover, the one with the udders. Oh, okay. That's a gamble right there. <laughs> uh, it's not technically, it's not 100% true. I knew that Alicia Silverstone was in the video with uh, Liv Tyler. Oh, I thought you were a that. Joe Perry fan. <laughs> what? <laughs> Something. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why I bought the album is because Alicia Silverstone is in it. And I, I mean, it's, it's Alicia, but that's okay. Is it? Yeah. Alicia. I think it's Alicia. I'm almost positive of that. I don't want to look it up, though. 
I want to just if I'm totally wrong, somebody can yell at me in the comments. I mean, yeah, I'm totally wrong all the time. I don't give a shit. That's fair. Yeah, right. and they they. <laughs> You know the comments section is you know wide open yeah. for people to. I'm just trying to get some dialogue going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, some we, people. Some I heard the engagement was like an important thing. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I told that troll the other day. I was like, "Keep going. You're just helping us sell shit. Like, <laughs> just, keep talking shit. I don't care. Like, no one takes your opinion seriously. Yeah, like, I yeah. No, I was hoping the balls to the wall would be the outro, but oh. I guess we're. I was going to play Wrecking Ball, but I oh, didn't. No, do it. Do it. Because I don't know. Because I don't know that I've ever heard it. I almost just I said just, I don't yes. know at what point the song gets good, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't. See, all I know that about this is that she did it. That was the title of the song. And that I saw like pictures of her riding a Wrecking Ball or something. And then people's commentary about that shit. This band is... This is a terrible fucking song. Oh man, she's working that vocoder like a job. Do you really think she's the one playing that? Do you know? I'll go one step. I watched the documentary on Taylor Swift. Ooh, I haven't done. I haven't done that. The Netflix one. Yeah. Isn't he good? It's pretty interesting, actually. Really? Yeah, to see her like. Yeah, to see her like creative. I mean that line oh. though. I mean it's pretty good. To <laughs> that see... was supposed to be where it got good, but it didn't. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, to see how she creates things is really interesting. Like, uh, she's a. I mean, it's a practice creativity, and it obviously is like not. You mean formulaic? Not even that. Like, I, I mean, okay. she's legitimately probably a musical genius. When you see how she like strings lyrics together and like finds patterns and like she can find a hit just by like understanding what people like and that in itself is like man that's really admirable um to watch the process so yeah it's it's really interesting it was way more interesting than uh i've been watching a bunch of fucking weird documentaries lately the one on ronda rousey was terrible it was like the trial of um emmanuel hernandez I haven't watched that. Oh, it's good. I'm watching. I'm on the Ted Kaczynski one right now, the Unabomber documentary. It's funny. I've been reading a manifesto of his lately. Yeah, <laughs> he's just thought it was relevant. I mean, maybe potentially. I'm gonna watch the Taylor Swift one tonight. But yeah, I think I'm the only one in this room that listens to her, except maybe Keith. I like the old T Swift, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's because my daughters, my daughters listen to it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah sense. I don't have daughters. Uh, she's had some songs that you're like, oh wow, it sounds like a song that people sing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't. There's, what it, there's music, there's tunes. Whatever. Yeah, is it genetic? Like, I think it's gen, genetic to be like, I don't like, I don't connect with that jingle or like whatever. So but, I listen to it during like longer efforts. I think because it makes me dumb. And I like, I can't, like, I can't focus on other shit in my head when I have like this dumb music playing. I was going to say it's like, because I would never finish a dumb workout unless I made myself dumb. So I listened to Taylor Swift. And there's the code. I, I mean, I'll listen to Lady Gaga. I can do that. During endurance efforts because. Oh, I do too. Fuck, she can hold a beat. Not her, her new shit is really fucking annoying for some reason. I don't know what that was. All right. Are we good? 
I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, the, 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 I think the, I can hear Gus Cirque, barking. As a matter of fact, yeah, Gus is barking. The Cirque Series live, you know, with oh, is that about Andrew start? and no, it's oh, already, it has started. It's, it's already started. started. So damn it, I wanted to watch that. Yeah. The Cirque Series. Yeah. Oh, the running thing. Yeah, they're yeah. doing like a. No, it's a live thing with Selena and oh. Andrew Fast, and they got Joe Grant on today. So oh, nice. Um, All right. Yeah. Let's watch that. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do it. Thanks, Keith. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That was splendid. <laughs> really to have someone in here um not us yeah <laughs> I, I completely agree <laughs>